right, let's do it. All right, let's go. Salutations, my friends. Man, thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And this is show number 1405, season 14, episode 5. I have titled this episode, Western Exorcism, Social Health Playbook, and Humanocracy by AI. Yeah, that last bit is meant to sound ridiculous. Uh, because I kid you not, that's coming out in the news this week. They don't want to have a technocracy. They want to have a humanocracy ran by AI. They're insulting your intelligence. Many more things are taking place outside of that. You know, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This might be a little bit of a different episode. I spent this whole past week just going down the rabbit hole again, uh, diving deep into the works of people like Carlos Castaneda, the Predator really doing like the 5D metaphysical uh, new age kind of research stuff. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, still keeping like a biblical Christian worldview. But then, you know, some of the information that's in that rabbit hole these days are things like the 1800s, orphan train movements, uh, Tataria. I'm not even going to, you know, get started on all of that. I think that might be like a little subsection of content that we create and release through Telegram be the best way to just kind of like drop links and compile our information. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. I went through a deep dive this past week and it, 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 it was a good reset. You know, things like the cabbage patch kids, you know, that, that whole story, human cloning back in the eight hundreds, you know, how, how, how long we actually have been here. You know uh, again, I'm over here in New Mexico. We have Santa Fe. That was a state capital in the 1600s. Right. It's older than Washington. It's older than the founding of this country. And then when you look, when you listen to the tales of, you know, the Ent people, uh, why certain Native American tribes, right, like the Navajo, why would they build uh, colonies on the side of mountains? Because they were escaping giants. And so I went through a really, really good deep dive into the rabbit hole over this past weekend. And it really kind of reset things. And when I when I when I came back to look at where we are right now, it is actually quite disgusting. You know, uh, it actually is very, very sad to see. I would I would recommend people look at things like the Cahokia Mounds, right, of St. Louis, you know, and how before St. Louis got its original name, it was called Mound City, you know, and then when you look at just the amount of pyramids and how many uh, just the scale of civilization that was there prior to Western civilization coming in, or what we now call as Western civilization, it's crazy. And so our, our history is much more rich and much more beautiful and much more magnificent than we give it credit for. I mean, even whenever you look into the global architecture uh, and how there's just this uniform style that you see in both you, you know, Europe, Asia, uh, Russia, and, 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 and even bits of it here in America. And I find that so fascinating because we have remnants of what seem to be like a global civilization fairly recently that we inherited. And so we're, we're, we're talking about resets. We're talking about times in between. And it was a great reset. It was a great way to kind of look at where we are right now in the scale of things and how we actually are uh, beginning to go into another reset. And it's just, it, it, it truly is crazy. Uh, so you're going to get a little bit of that throughout the entirety of this episode. Some of what I've been researching, me trying to 
you know, put away information, make it relevant. And who knows, maybe this might start the crisis corners and the mini casts back up, but really, really great deep dives over the weekend. And it, it, it just puts it into perspective, guys. This, this, this holographic matrix that we call reality is very easily malleable. Uh, you may have noticed this in your own personal life. Karma is not taking as long to come back around. Karma, karma is really starting to work people over very, very quickly. That's why you got to put out good energy, because if you're putting out bad stuff, it's going to come back to you very, very quickly. Something has happened in these past couple years, and we can feel it taking place now as we go forward into the future. And it's only going to get more and more magnified. Something has taken place recently to where just it, it, it's, it's different now. You can call it the Mandela effect. Uh, we've got an article coming out that we'll be talking about as well. The, the scientist at CERN admitting that they got the God particle wrong. Something has happened to this nature of reality and things are getting crazy. And that's why you see the adversaries that we talk so much about on the show stepping up their efforts to try to reclaim as much uh, as as much as they can. People waking up despite this tyranny and just the many different offshoots that are taking place. I was again, I was also going down a deep Gnostic, uh, like a deep Gnostic Christian perspective on stuff and just just how far out that this, this stuff is, man. And, 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 and I think that's. And I have to say this, I think this is the best way to kind of, you know, tie it back into the updates and the show, because just last week I was saying I'm upset that we literally have to deal with what seems like modern day, uh, modern day invasions, modern day, modern warfare and things like this. We don't get to research uh, our, our magnificent, beautiful past. We don't get to talk about uh, these, these beautiful places that we come from. You know, it, again, I'm black. Apparently, I'm only supposed to be a slave and I'm supposed to hate white people. I feel like that's such a minute way to look at history. That is, so, And it is. But that's what's happening because we have these external great reset forces who are giving us our identity, who are forcibly erasing our sense of culture, our sense of identity, our, our, our past and so much more. And then they are telling us who we are, who we are. And, 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 and this keeps happening time and time again. And so I did that deep dive research uh, over the past weekend, and I'm coming back in of our present temporal time frame, and I'm just actually upset that this is the state of things, that, that, that we have these things. You know, and, I'll, and, I'll, and this, will make, this will make a little bit more sense whenever I start talking about like, the transgenders and the human modification and the genetic engineering and all this other crazy stuff. But good God. Humanity is amazing, and they are really trying to just dumb us down. It, it, it's sad to see. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the updates, guys, so we can start the show for real. You're not here to hear about my research. You're here to hear about what's going on in the news and relevant information. If you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com forward slash noise, N-O-I-Z-C-E, patreon.com forward slash noise. I'm going to have to start doing a lot more content over there because a lot of the content deep diving that I did, people put up a paywall. And as they should, this is a job. This is work. You're putting together great compilations and great uh, 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 knowledge bombs. I'm going to do that. Some of this crazy stuff you guys hear me talking about that I kind of don't want to get out there to the public, but I do want to discuss with like people who understand. Uh, I'm going to put that behind a paywall. Noise is the best way to support us. I'm also going to be good in putting together like a little slide slideshow thing for our current exclusive members. Uh, like Pamela, like Amy, like Caesar, like 
like like Sammy, like Bmut, uh, like Lucas. We have some pretty amazing people that are just keeping. We know about them. Uh, it seems like we had a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, I was just saying you got you guys should know about our exclusive members, and I want you guys to become exclusive members. Patreon.com forward slash noise. That's the best way to do it. You can also support us through coffee, ko-fi.com, forward slash noise, PayPal, <clears throat> uh, Cash App, and all kinds of other ways. Uh, you can find the links for all of this and more in the description bar below. You're going to be hearing me talk about what's going on with the food shortages, what's going on with the destabilization, and things like that. Make sure you hit the links in the description bar below for my Patriot Supply Storable Goods. Like you're, you're, you're seeing it. Just last week, we played videos of people in Costco, right? Costco is beginning to sell emergency kits as well. 30 day, uh, 30 day meal kits, right? Things are getting intense. You need to prepare. So as I'm sitting over here babbling about deep diving into research, we do still have present day temporal issues that we have to address. Uh, storable goods, gold, guns, medicine, things like this and more. We have tough times ahead of us. You can find the links for how we can help in, in the description bar below. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the honorable mentions. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into just, again, some of the temporal things that we see taking place right now. And it's, it's, it is indicative of everything else that we see. It truly is like this right here. Check this out. Check this out right here. At least one dead after a car drives into an emergency room in Austin, Texas. Now, why am I starting to show off with this? Well, I think, again, it's indicative of just where we are at in society. Imagine just being in a hospital because you've been victimized by the vaccine in one way, shape, and form. And we don't know if this is a migrant. We don't know if this is a criminal. We don't know what's going on. But you're, you're in the hospital receiving treatment for God knows what. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes chaos smashing into your door. And I think that's just indicative of everything else that's going on right now. Society breaking down. The it, like just just the destabilization. And there's a reason why I'm wanting to lean into this after just ranting about things from the 1500s all the way into the 1800s and how we borderline have no idea. There's no way that cowboys and Indians just built some of the structures that we have today. There's no way. And then and, and now we have what we can see as a documented destruction of civilization. But let's go ahead and continue on and start the show with this. And it'll make more sense as we progress through the show. Insane. And so did the did the driver die? Was the driver in an accident? Were they in a car chase? Was, you know, a migrant driver, you know, driving drunk? Like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Oh, but you see that again, that's just, again, indicative of society. Just random crashes taking place like this right here. Terrifying moment. An ambulance carrying a patient narrowly misses a rolling vehicle during a storm. 
So you've got rolling vehicles, emergency vehicles. You know, what happened to this person? Were they were they were they driving and all of a sudden had an accident? But again, I, I think it's just indicative of society breaking down. Accidents, what we call them frequently over here on the show, uh, more and more vaccines taking place like this right here. Private plane crashes on busy highway in Florida, killing two pilots. Three passengers escape the burning wreckage. And remember, I said you're going to see a lot more of this for some strange reason. We're seeing anomalous human behavior in, at, at, at airports, uh, accidents, you know, pilots dying midair and then the planes crashing. We, 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 we predicted this. We knew that we would see more of these. Uh, but look at this. Let's get into this article from Paul Moran. Uh, Paul Saran from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 13th. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And it says that uh, dramatic images going viral show the tragic moment a private jet crashed onto a busy Florida highway, killing the pilots before a flight attendant, before flight attendant and two passengers managed to escape the burning wreckage. The New York Post reported that, quote, the Bombardier Challenger 600 carrying five people lost its two engines and crashed out, crashed onto Interstate 75 around 3 p.m. Friday, 3.15 p.m. Friday, while trying to land at a nearby Naples airport. Dashcam footage shows it's descending rapidly over the highway as cars continue to drive in the same direction before it suddenly crashes and erupts into a ball of flames. And just planes, we got planes falling out of the sky. Pilots dying midair. Right? Absolutely wild. You know, and, 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 and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to start the show, or I know one of the reasons why I wanted to start the show with this planes falling out of the sky, uh, car crashes, you know, things like this, uh, vehicles slamming into hospitals. What's happening now because of the 17 plus million people that they've killed with this, with this shot? That's human talent. That's human capital. Those are people who are able to operate this already delicate and very sensitive society, this infrastructure that we have, those people are dying. And so, and this is something we talked about on the show time and time again, that we keep documenting, there's an effect to this. And so they're allowing people to basically step into those positions. We killed off the highly efficient tech trained people, and we're putting in people just into systems. These people are not qualified. They're not trained. They have not gone through the rigorous things that they need to do to get the qualifications. They're just a body inheriting a position. And I want you to think about this because I'm really going to try to just really capture that point throughout the entirety of this of, of this episode, us inheriting very complex systems and not even knowing how to operate them. And now we are importing third world people into this extraordinarily complex society that are not integrating, right? I just want you guys to keep that in mind throughout the entirety of this. That's why I'm showing you footages of planes falling out of the sky, cars careening in the hospitals, right? Things like this and more. Let's continue forward. Chaos reigns in the streets of America as an epic crime waves terrorizes the nation. This is an article from Michael Snyder. The folks over there at American First Report picked it up February 11th, and you already unfortunately know what this is. We're going to skip through some of this. We've got video clips and everything else. But it says, uh, if you were hoping that the United States would become a lawless society, you have not. You have now gotten your wish. Some of the numbers that I am about to share with you are just mind-blowing. For example, 
I had no idea that the police in New York City were just injured by criminals thousands of times last year. All over the nation, law enforcement is losing control and violent criminals are getting the upper hand. We have never seen anything quite like this before. And I am entirely convinced that this crime wave is only going to get worse as economic conditions deteriorate. I would agree. Even in our capital city, crime is completely and utterly out of control. If you can't believe it, the number of carjackings in Washington, D.C. was up 97% last year. Vehicle theft is even worse in some areas along the West Coast. In Oakland, approximately one out of every 30 residents has had a vehicle stolen from them in 2023. Gavin Newsom wants to run for president at some point, so he doesn't want to look soft on crime. But unfortunately for him, it's way too late for that. Other West Coast countries are also experiencing un unprecedented crime waves. It says that in Seattle, one restaurant has actually been broken into five times in the last few in the last six months. And I want you guys to keep this in mind because we've got a, we've got an article uh, in the in the in the next segment where a man details how you can exploit the system and live rent free in Oregon. So while you have restaurants being broken into at least five times in the last six months, you have people exploiting the system. And it's a I don't I don't know. The sad part is, is I don't know if he's joking. Because I don't know if he actually did this. I don't know if he actually forged legal documents, broke into the house, squatted there for several months, got the original owner to call the police on him to where he used the forged documents uh, saying, hey, this is my house. I've been making payments. I transferred the bills to my name. I didn't pay any of them, but <laughs> they're in my name to where he gets the legal owner of the house locked into court battles back and forth to where the legal owner says, I'll just pay you if you just get out of the house to where the guy goes into that. It, it, it's a very well done video. But what I'm saying is our system is being exploited. Things are breaking down. This is these are this isn't the problem. These are symptoms. These are symptoms of a breaking down society. Let's continue on. It says uh, there's no way that I would open a small business in Seattle or Portland or, or or Oakland or San Francisco or Los Angeles. Of course, I can say that the exact same thing about many cities on the East Coast as well. In New York City, police officers are, quote, getting beaten at record setting paces. And we have an article about that later on. At this stage in our societal collapse, the criminals are not even afraid to attack the cops. It is so difficult to be a police officer these days. They literally put their lives on the line for us every single day. Of course, the Biden administration has made a national crime wave significantly worse by allowing millions upon millions of migrants to come pouring over the southern border. In fact, we just learned that the police in the Big Apple have arrested a, quote, very, very violent migrant that shot a tourist in the leg <laughs> after opening fire in Times Square. Needless to say, our wide open borders have also made it easy for cartels to, dr to transport drugs all over the country. And again, unfortunately, this is stuff that you guys already knew. I have ran through all the stories that Michael Snyder put in those and just kind of read the general summary because we've got articles about the police officers being beaten by people in, in record numbers. We've got the videos of migrants doing it in Detroit in, in, in New York, like in Chicago, like all over, we've got the videos. And now because these are the low level criminals now, like these are just the ones that haven't evolved to sophisticated crime, like credit card theft and uh, identity theft and, you know, actual drugs. These are just the ones that are going to beat you on the street, right? Like I, I've seen videos over there in the UK where they've literally got people busting out machetes in broad daylight, in broad daylight, 
you could you imagine going to the store and all of a sudden you're seeing like a machete fight? But how many times has that happened where you come from to where you feel like that's your form of defense? We love guns here in America. We'll shoot somebody with a machete. But in a place where they outlawed guns and your machete was your only weapon of defense, you're, you're probably used to, to a lot of violence. And so America's not really used to this, this type of incivility. Savagery is what we would call it, right? It's not sophisticated. This isn't violence. This is, this is, this is chaos. This is stuff that we're unfamiliar with. And this is also a part of the deindustrialization, the dehumanization, the declining standards, the dumbing down of America. Just the, this is this. They say this is globalism, but it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. Let's move forward. FBI issues warning on quote extreme, extremely alarm, alarming threat. Quote every single location is at risk, regardless of size, regardless of sector. Sounds like some fifth generation warfare type stuff. This comes from Vigilant News. They put this up February 15th. Originally, it was written by Jack Phillips of the Epoch Times. It says that an FBI official warned that state election systems are being targeted in 2024 as the 2024 election approaches, describing them as, quote, extremely alarming. The threat environment is unfortunately high, said Tim Langan, executive assistant director for the Criminal Cyber Response and Services branch of the FBI during a Washington conference with secretaries of state, according to state line, quote, it is extremely alarming. Officials said that the voter databases could be hacked via phishing or ransomware attacks. He also warned about the rising use of artificial intelligence that could be used to potentially trick voters, according to the report. Eric Goldstein, the executive assistant director for cybersecurity at the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, told the news outlet that there have been significant advancements that could allow China, North Korea, and Russia to target election systems. You guys get the picture from here more election madness. You guys know how I feel about the election. You know how I feel about Trump. You know how I feel about these things in general. Trump, I think we'll, we've got, we've, we've, we've got more information about that. You guys know how we feel. We've got new, new listeners that are joining us every single day, but go back and listen to either the nuclear nine 11 prediction where it talks about uh, Trump not being able to actually be elected unfortunately, that you're right. He did win the previous election. That's why he can't win this third. He can't, he can't serve another term. He willfully stepped down and let Joe Biden come in. And now he can't serve again, but go back and go listen to either the nuclear 9-11 prediction or a couple episodes, uh, 1403 and 1404, where we talk about just that, the nuclear 9-11 prediction. But all of this too, is to just hype up the existing political structure that we have now so they can forcibly detonate it, get it in us to finally get over this system and put it, put us into a new one. Like it, it, it's crazy. As much as I would like America, America to exist in this configuration, the absolute corruption that we are used to and the just degeneracy like they have over here, fidelity, bravery, and integrity. We don't have those. We don't, we don't, we don't represent these type of values anymore. And there's a purpose for this. And the America that we now have, unfortunately, it has to has to be detonated, has to be destroyed. And it will be chaotic when it does. But they're saying that they see extremely alarming threats and risks to our election system. I wonder what that means. 
Moving forward, Deep State is scrambling to locate missing top secret binder outlining or outing Obama's CIA for staging the Russian collusion hoax. So all of a sudden they can't find the information for the Russian collusion hoax. They had all this information that Trump was related to, or Trump was working with Putin, this, that, and the other, and all of a sudden they can't find it. Let's see. And this is something we didn't talk about just with the previous episode. As we went, as we were going live, uh, you had Tucker Carlson going on with Vladimir Putin. And that's a, that was a fantastic interview. I highly recommend everybody to watch it. Uh, in that actual interview, you got a big history lesson, a big, big history lesson that kind of spurred me to go do a little bit more research on my own and look at how we don't really know what's going on in Russia and how rich their history is. And it's not like, you know, we're praising Russia. You can look at all these other cultures and, and and have a general appreciation for them. Something has taken over the global consciousness to where we really can appreciate other cultures. And it's actually very sad. You know, when you look at the previous world order, or at least what we call the old world, uh, this liberal world order, right? They didn't have passports and stuff like this, borders and stuff like that until about like the 1800 or until about like the 1900s. That's about whenever the first passport came out until then, it was kind of like free travel. I mean, yeah, they had borders, they had guards, they had things like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The point I'm trying to make is something's got a hold of us to where Russia's the threat. Russia's been trying to seek peace with us for the past 30 years, and we're purposely making them the boogeyman because Russia knows that America is on a plan for global domination. At least they can work with China, right? That's how Russia feels. They don't want to work with China, but they want to have at least some type of assistance on the global scale. And it clearly won't be the Americans, even though we are very alike in culture. It won't be. Let me read this little quick article. It comes from Ethan Huff from Natural News. They put this up February 14th. It says breaking new information has come to light about the Russian collusion hoax perpetrated against President Trump that links the entire thing to President Obama's corrupt CIA. Fox News is Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters covered the story this week, crediting Michael Schallenberger and Matt Taibbi for breaking it. "Quote: Obama CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax." Waters explains in the following segment: "Quote: For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name twenty-something. But according to new reports by Michael Schallenberger and the Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup." Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. And then those interactions were the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. Joining me now, one of the reporters who broke the story, Michael Schellenberger. Michael, explain how this all started with the CIA picking these 26 Trump people. 
Yeah, good to be with you, Jesse. Well, obviously, this is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that Public and Racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that this was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Okay, so you're reporting that the CIA got these allies to bump these 26 Trump associates, create interactions, and then call these interactions suspicious and let the FBI know they were suspicious. And that starts the whole thing. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? Well, Jesse, we'll have a piece tomorrow that is specifically about the binder. But uh, as a friend of, uh, of the show and of yours on this, I'll say that there has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow. But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community yeah. of the U.S. government, initiated the Russia collusion hoax. Oh, yeah. did not occur in the way that the official story, including the German investigation, had portrayed it then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. A dramatic wrinkle, a dramatic wrinkle to a lie that we already knew was very real. You know, what's crazy is I look at these guys now as like NPCs, like it's good that this type of stuff gets out. You know, where is the CIA secret Trump binder? Oh my God, we knew this already. Like if you guys would pay attention, you would stop just, you know, being propagandized and lied to. You would know that the Obama administration left behind a stay behind network. We, we, we've talked about that. Trump's been able to operate basically left handed. They kept him hamstring this whole time because they stay behind networks. The people that are in Washington orchestrating this whole thing. Did the CIA do this? Yes. No. What this what this uh, what this begins to do is this unravels the deep state. It exposes how there's multiple factions within the government kind of competing and vying for power. And this is why we see them just like fighting. Some of it's the Uniparty. Some of it's what we call MAGA Republicans. Some of it's like legitimate can, legitimate people. A lot of it is the deep state and just dark elements and corners of not only our government, but the entire world orchestrating together. And so, yes, no, they concocted a story to keep low IQ NPCs preoccupied uh, because the next narrative is that, well, right-wingers are teaming up with Russia to take down the American population. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's crazy.
it's crazy. Like the multi-level stages of just brainwashing, unfortunately, that's going on is crazy. Uh, but here's a bit of a doom break for you guys. Uh, since we're talking about our presidents. We are here today at this prestigious insert location to talk with people. Okay. People in uniform, people in suits, people in t-shirts, people in dresses. And all of these people are here today together. Okay, because we want to be unburdened by the things that have burdened us in the past and in the present and perhaps even in the future. And as I look around, I see the sun is shining and I see that there are trees over there and there is ground beneath us. And I have hands and they are clapping. <laughs> and I am laughing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, geez. You know, it's sad because this is a woman's this is a woman's interpretation of every Kamala Harris speech, and she's actually very accurate, very good. And when I saw this the first time, I thought to myself, like, wow, she's speaking to us like we're children. Like how you would speak to how, how I speak to my daughter sometimes. Oh, look at you. Amazing. Clap, clap, clap. Yay. I'm so proud of you. You did a good job. You have a shirt on. And legit, that's what Kamala Harris does. But pulling back from even that, is it not very robotic as well? Very robotic. Not organic. Very robotoid-esque. And she's right. You know, that's the even crazier part is it's disingenuine. It's fake inauthentic, robotic, uh, and empty. And that's why when we do hear her speak, we, 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 we look at her bumbling through these speeches as she's just not necessarily making up words, but putting them in the wrong order, saying just the craziest thing. And unfortunately, this is getting us used to more of the dumbing down of America, the deliberate dumbing down of America. She's not qualified. We all know this. Yet we sit here and we play along. And so we have unqualified, un, un, unqualified, uninformed, non-intelligent, non-compassionate, essentially entities communicating to us. And they wonder why people are becoming more and more detached. Look at this right here. Here's Joe Biden pandering to black kids. <laughs> and, and again, here he is with his robotic movements as well. We'll watch this video. And I'll give my commentary right after it. But, uh, you know, here's here's Joe Biden with a couple of black voters. Oh, man, you got chicken fingers. You got yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I want the root of making sure I had the hamburger. So tell me about you guys. What you doing these days? Why don't you share about your passion of sports? I'm playing AAU basketball right now. Are you really? Are you guard? Yes, sir. Now, what grade do you have? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Right now, I'm just basketball, playing guard on the JV team for my school. All right, about the school. How are y'all doing in school? You should tell the president about the school. Favorite thing about it is the business academy I'm in. We get to, like, travel. So we've been to, like, NC State, uh, Wake Tech. And we, You're kidding we, me. Yeah, we went to this small dry cleaning business. And it's just, it's cool. It's a great experience. 
I'm impressed. Is that a new program at the school? Yes, sir, it is. It just started just a couple of years ago. You know how much this guy loves you. Okay. You just feel it, can't you? Yes, yeah. Your dad jumped in front of the bull for you. By the way, we dads are hard to raise once you're a teenager. We're hard to raise. So you gotta be patient with us, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Go patient. Oh, man. So if a uh, little little cringe there, but right off the bat, man, I think the first thing I noticed is, uh, oh wow, you guys got chicken fingers, because you're sitting with all kinds of black folks. Well, I got the I went the route of making sure I had a hamburger. I didn't want to eat chickens like you, like you black folks. That's <laughs> right up off the bat the the thing that I noticed. But you know, I could get into the temporal nonsense of like Joe Biden pandering to black people, uh, black folks finally trying to come up. Uh, again, giving us our identity. You're only important if you play sports, if you do basketball, stuff like this. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I I look at this and I just see it as, again, more of the pandering. But we've got a robotic, borderline autistic vice president. And then when you look at Joe Biden, again, just he, the man the man needs some milk and a blanket. He needs to go to sleep. He doesn't need to be having access to a new code. It's robotic. He moves all strange and all weird. He's still whispering. It's all creepy. But that's why the rest of the world, they laugh at us. That's why they laugh at us. Because we have somebody like this in office. He doesn't represent home values. And I think it's hilarious. With the, with the, with the cokehead son he has, he says, you know, you guys got to be a little patient with us. We're a little difficult to race. I just there's there's so many different things going on here in this this video. Uh, unfortunately, we had to play it. And now I'm going to be playing for you guys a, a video that has been making the rounds. Uh, we, we, we keep some of their a, a video that's been making the rounds uh, in light of the Super Bowl that's taken place just this week. Here is classic Alex Jones talking about the Super Bowl. The Cowboys, what do you think of, do you think of this? <laughs> Yeah, did you see the simulated combat on TV? Yeah, I watched it. A bunch of rich gladiators that could care less about me. Did you see it? Yeah, I'm empty too. Yeah, I did. I fill my head with facts and figures that don't matter instead of learning the political system and standing up for myself. Again, I'm not saying sports are bad in and of themselves if you're involved in it, but not when it's your whole focus. It's always the same. They're like androids. It's, they have like a little fake conversations. So what do you think of the playoffs? What do you think of the weather? Oh, yeah. And you start bringing up, I don't know, uh, what do you think of uh, the surveillance grid going in? Have you heard about how they're listening to all of us without warrants? Oh. They're like, well, gee, buddy, what you bringing that up for? Oh. It's kind of weird. Well, it is weird they're doing it. It's very dangerous. Well, I don't care. I'm not involved in politics. I don't have to worry about that, Mac. Oh, really? They're putting the grid in place to rob you, you fat. Hey, what do you think of the Cowboys? What do you think? <laughs> Classic Alex. Classic Alex, man. That's, that's the Alex I, I grew up with. Uh, and it does look different because the stress of doing this, of being real in this world, doing all of it, the Trump years just hardened him. They just ran him through the mud. And now, you know, he's post-Trump in like collapsing America. And it's intense. But that's the Alex I grew up with because he's right. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people enjoy the Super Bowl this, this week. I legitimately did not do that. I did not give that entity uh, my energy because it is a witch's cauldron. I'm sure there was a... Uh, I'm sure there was some type of satanic display. I'm sure there was some type of ritual being performed there that people gave their energy to. I consciously chose not to do that. I consciously, I don't, I don't celebrate 
those type of wizard wizard esque events, and you're going to start seeing more of that type of neo paganism come back, because that's exactly what it is. You give your energy over to these entities, to these beings, to these archetypes. They, they, they they're just going to rob you. And yeah, no, it is simulated combat because people do, like we we've got articles about that coming up. There was a stampede. There's a shooting. All this type of stuff. That's just the that's just this matrix collapsing in on itself. That's just us hitting critical mass. To where this is not this is this is this is not how humans are supposed to be. This is not natural. This is not organic. And so it's collapsing in on itself. It's beginning to implode. These systems don't work. And so I hope if you guys did watch that, right, uh, you spent some time with your family. Because while people were watching that, I was deep diving. Again, I was looking into Carlos Castaneda, the predator, uh, the Gnostics, under the, the Gnostics, whenever they look at the psychics, the, uh, the, 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 the material organic portal types, uh, as well as the pneumatics, the spiritual types. That's what I'm looking into. Why are we being why are we being used? How many different times have we gone through these cycles? Why are we still struggling trying to figure out like our, our spirituality? What why don't we understand what the true nature of humanity is? How are we able to be so easily manipulated? And people don't care about these things. They just want the chiefs to win. Look at this. Brave bystanders chase and tackle suspected Super Bowl parade gunmen. Footage shows one of the suspected shooters being tackled by heroic bystanders. All these people watching football, it ain't nobody got courage. Apparently there was somebody that was trampled at that uh, at that event. Yeah, look at this. Here's here's a little bit more moment when shots were fired near Union Station at the Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City. You know, and, and honestly, again, this is indicative. Guys, 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 guys. Something's going on. Something's going on, guys. See, th this again is indicative of everything that's going on in society. Why I started the show with planes falling out of the sky, cars running into in, in, into uh, hospitals, right? EMTs dodging ve dodging vehicles on the streets. Now you're having shots fired at the police at at, at the Super Bowl. This is indicative of society beginning to break down. This is the lawlessness. This is the dissolution. This is the chaos, right? This is this is again society beginning to collapse in on itself. This is a symptom of 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 everything. This isn't the problem, right? Football games aren't the problem. There's nothing wrong with sports and stuff like that. It's the type of things that have, that, that go on at the sports. Football and sports aren't the issue. It's the type of things that go on there and more. Again, that's just the system beginning to collapse in 
on itself. Speaking in Poland, Dutch MEP Rob Roos exposes the various ways unelected globalist technocrats at the EU are attempting to seize complete totalitarian control, including the fabricated quote, climate crisis, digital IDs, CBDCs, and the war on farmers. So while Americans are over here watching simulated combat, again, right, again, you're watching it again, <laughs> and the Chiefs won again, and people are like, oh my God, Patrick Mahoney, like he's the greatest thing ever, whatever, oh my God. Again, we have people who are here in the real world trying to collect the scalps of our enemies saying, these are your real enemies. These are the real aggressors. These are your real adversaries. The, like you want, if you want a, a team to be on, be on team humanity. You need to have a pro-human renaissance, a pro-human divinity inspired renaissance taking place, not an anti-human totalitarian takeover. So while we have Americans over here watching simulated combat, we are in a real world struggle against actual threats. Let's listen. And this is going on in the EU. Right. Let's listen. The bureaucrats, centralists in Brussels are addicted to power. They use or they abuse every crisis, financial crisis, COVID crisis, Ukraine crisis, energy crisis. And the solution is always the same. And the professor already said it more European Union. If there's no crisis, and that's the second point, if there's no crisis, they create a crisis. For example, climate change. They call it an existential threat. And the solution is the Green Deal. The Green Deal destroyed our energy system. It is destroying our food system. Um, they are trying to control CO2, but if you control CO2, CO2, you, you, you control people because everything we do in life is about CO2 emissions, living, breathing, eating, traveling, living. So if you can control that, you can control people's lives. Now they introduce the digital identity and the central bank digital currency. So they can see everything we do and they can control everything um, we do because they can shut off, shut off our uh, our financial system whenever they want. We have seen it already in Canada during the COVID crisis. We can have a complete conference about that too. But those two topics, um, it's it's used to create a centralized, controlled economy, and at the same time, it's taking away people's freedom. We are heading to a big European superstate. They want to abolish the nation state because once that happens, they have complete control. We are heading to a, what I called a new kind of com communism. And people from my country and also from the other Western countries will not recognize that because we, our generation was born in freedom, but you have seen communism and you, 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 you were able to to, to, to win that uh, to, uh, 30 years ago. But this is a new kind of communism. It's a communism of technocrats. Let's learn from the history. In the 1930s, Stalin declared the war on farmers. He took their land and millions of people died. 
they starved to death. In the 1960s, Mao did exactly the same. The Great Leap Forward, also over here, the farmers and the food system were attacked and also millions of people died, but they gained control over all the people. So I come back to my first question. Is the EU making people's lives better now? I don't think so. Yeah, a, a globalized central state is what we're going towards. And that's what we're seeing right now, in a, an abolition of the nation states, an abolition of the individual states to where we can just be consolidated into a global superpower. What's crazy is this is not a natural evolution that's taking place, it's a forced evolution. I think in our past, we probably had a natural form of this global super state existing. But what is existing now is a corrupt, inverted, uh, a corrupt and inverted totalitarian takeover. Here is a piece from the great Greg Reese where he's talking about this, this, this takeover and the other things that that, that that includes. We've played it over here on the show for you as well. Uh, how the, the farmers in Brussels, the farmers in France, the, the farmers all over Europe are revolting against this Green New Deal. Uh, but again, you've got to think about how this affects the global, the, the global order, everything and more. This is the compelling, uh, this is the competing pole shift agendas between the East, or just the completing, what is it called? The conflicting pole shift agendas between the East and the West. Let's listen. The French farmers are dumping manure onto government buildings and onto the roads. They are turning freeways into fields and setting them on fire. They are blocking the motorways and they are dumping and destroying foreign imported foods. They are sending a message out to the people that government decreed starvation is coming. And it's not just the French, it's happening in Germany, Greece, Spain, Belgium, Italy and Ireland, and it looks like it's just getting started. This is of course in response to the European Union's green agenda. The EU is imposing extreme regulations on farmers, which are forcing them out of business. Globalist media is spreading propaganda that farming is bad for the environment. and domestic terrorists in America are setting fire to farms. This is all being blamed on the lie that humans are responsible for climate change. And so the solution for Western governments seems to be to depopulate or rather murder its own people. History tells us that the climate does radically change. Examples such as the Younger Dryas Ice Age that occurred 12,000 years ago shows us that these things do happen and the current level of earthquake activity and volcanic eruptions could be an indicator that the climate is radically changing again. In the late 1940s, 
Major Maynard White, commander of Project Nanook, discovered that the Earth experiences routine magnetic pole flips that occur in the span of just one day. But this information was suppressed from the public and was directly followed by the birth of the United Nations global warming propaganda campaign. Western governments adopted the man-made global warming cover story, but this does not seem to be the case in the East. In Russia, talk of a pole shift is openly being discussed. Russian scientists have been tracking the wandering magnetic north, which has been exponentially moving towards Siberia for decades. And even state-run media RIA News has been reporting that the North and South magnetic poles have repeatedly changed places and that it could happen again at any moment. Russian media has even cited the work of the sleeping American prophet Edgar Cayce, who predicted a sudden climate change that would lead to the death of cities and cause the European Arctic to thaw. The Russian Federation seems to be preparing for this pole shift. Massive infrastructure is being developed in the Eurasian Arctic, and Russian bases in Antarctica are being drastically restored. The farmers in Russia are not being attacked. They are being given extra subsidies by the government and encouraged to expand. These contrasting agendas between the East and the West could explain the current conflicts. If the Poles are expected to flip, then it would explain just about all the madness that is happening today. And the plan of the Western governments appears to be to cull the population and weather the storm underground. Greg Reese reporting. Always great work by the great Greg Reese. Always great work by the great Greg Reese, man, I tell you. But see, that's, that's again, what we keep seeing. This talk of, 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 there's so many layers to this, man. We have no idea what's going on. What does Russia know? You know, why are they building and re, re, refitting basically all their bases out there in the Arctic Ocean? Right? A lot of crazy things going on in this world here. And they're just using the clock, they're, they're, they're using climate change and, you know, weather modification and things like that as a guise. They know something's going on. Why would Mark Zuckerberg be building out his bases over in Hawaii? Why would people like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Akon, Trump even, why would they start talking about new cities and things like this? They're getting this type of geological information. They're seeing what's going on with the socio-demographics. They see what's happening in these cities. We're talking about a great reset already taking place. Some type of cataclysmic event to where we're going to start seeing people migrating, just as you already see taking place right now. You're seeing the migrants do what will be done in the future. Absolutely fascinating things. Absolutely crazy. And it doesn't stop there. Uh, these people have massive plans. But this is something we should keep in mind. You know, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not against climate change. Right. Especially when we know that they have the ability to manipulate the weather. Just last week, we played for you guys a clip uh, in the United Arab Emirates, how they have cloud seeding and geoengineering and things like that. I'm not against the idea of weather modification uh, or I mean, against the, the idea of climate change. I know that it's a very real thing. Um, when you look at things like the what they call these mud floods, the younger driest periods, things like this, we go through these cyclical events here on these planets or here on this planet. Um, and I think that they're doing a lot of the weather modification to kind of stave some of this stuff off. But as I've said before, we're going to begin to see some of those drastic uh, pushbacks 
because of just what what's going on. And so a lot of things are taking place on this planet, guys. And it's and it's not just like the it's not just the politics, right? Like we are tapped here into the planet, and whenever they are doing all these different things affecting us, changing us, it it interferes with how we interface with this world. Uh, you you could talk about grounding, uh, you know, things like this and more. I won't get off into a crazy, you know, an environmentalist type thing, but you get where I'm going. We are intrinsically tied to this planet, and the people that have control of it are doing the work, are, are, are just wrecking things. I mean, good Lord. If you look into the past, we know that there's free energy available, right? Nikola Tesla didn't discover free energy. It was already a concept that was out there. It just got packaged and re reformulated and pushed to us completely different. We know these things. There's nothing new under the sun. But the people that have control, these are genocidal megalomaniacs. These are satanic to set satanically inspired people who feel like they have the the, 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 the God-given right to do these things. Absolutely crazy. We are dealing, we really are dealing with mad scientists. Let me continue forward. Again, this is all just the honorable mentions, just a set a backdrop for what's going on. Right. The ones this is this is me just trying to figure out where do I put all this stuff, man? Because it, it all it is really happening right now. Uh, eco activists and climate scientists quietly met to discuss tinkering with the sun. An article by Nick Pope from Daily Caller. They put this up February 14th. It says that a group of eco activists, climate scientists and funders recently met at the at the offices of a major environmental group to discuss the advancement of solar geoengineering, according to E&E News. The Environmental Defense Fund held the two-day convention at its San Francisco office uh, to bring together relevant stakeholders interested in developing solar geoengineering technologies, which modify the environment in ways that decrease the, or the Earth's absorption in sunlight, E&E &E News reported. The meeting was almost meant to get environmentalists, scientists, and funders of their work in the same room ahead of an anticipated deluge of global of geoengineering-related investments from Silicon Valley. EDF had supported solar geoengineering research for more than a decade and the concept of using geoengineering to avoid increases in global temperature is also being supported by billionaire Bill Gates and George Soros, according to E&E News. One solar geoengineering idea is to boost Earth's reflectivity by spraying particles into the stratosphere, and another approach would be to alter cloud cover so, such that Earth absorbs more sunlight. Beyond EDF, several private philanthropic foundations that typically support left-to-center organizations and causes have also poured funds into solar geoengineering, according to e, e News. For example, the Simon Foundation, a charitable organization founded by billionaire hedge funder James Simons, Simmons, has committed to spending $50 million on the solar geoengineering projects over the five years, while the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation has joined Bill Gates to fund a solar geoengineering research program at Harvard University. And I think that might be like a good place to pause it because we actually got an article about Bill Gates coming up right up underneath it. And so think about that. We've got scientists, rich people, and activists trying to figure out how to reflect the sunlight, how to begin to just alter the environment, right? We've got that going on. While we've got farmers fighting about green new deal regulations. This is all just stuff for Agenda 2030. Imagine just a centralized global environmental body 
that just says, okay, well, America has to be this temperature, China has to be this temperature, Russia must be this temperature, here on and so forth. That's what these people want to do. They want to be able to create and control the weather. That's why this is, again, so dangerous. We're dealing with megalomaniacs that have the levers and powers of control and they have nefarious agendas. And what's, what's even crazier is it's not just these individuals that we see like Bill Gates, like John Kerry's, right? Like the Elon Musk's. They do represent a consortium of people, money, who want to get an agenda across. Look at this. Bill Gates launches a scheme to save the planet from climate change by chopping down millions of trees. It's more of that Kamala Harris type logic. Logic. This is an article by Frank Bergman from Slay News. They put this up February 13th, and it says that the Microsoft co-founder, Bill Gates, has just launched a radical new scheme that promises to, quote, save the world or save the planet from climate change. As Slay News reported, last year, Gates' organization Breakthrough Energy plowed $6.6 million into the project led by Kadama Systems. The project promised to remove carbon emissions from the Earth's atmosphere by chopping down trees and burying them underground. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It says that the move will see 70 million acres of forests, mostly in the western United States, cut down, according to the project's organizers. Quote, scientists say, quote, burying trees can reduce global warming. Kodama claims that burying the trees will prevent them from allegedly, quote, spewing carbon back into the air. The trees will be buried instead of being used for conventional means like timber or housing. Again, these, these are the people who are holding the levers of society, inverting your logic, distorting reality, and just making it up as they go. Bill Gates and other investors are betting Kadama Systems can reduce carbon dioxide in the air by chopping down and burying trees, which has raised $6.6 million in seed funding from Bill Gates's Breakthrough Energy and others. Scientists say burying trees can reduce global warming as well. I don't know where they're finding these scientists, by the way. To help address the problem, the U.S. Forest Services aims to thin out 70 million acres of western forests, mostly in California over the next decade, extracting more than 1 billion tons of bone-dried biomass. Normally, when you cut down trees, when you're a lumberjack, when you have a lumber company, you're selling the lumber to build houses, people buying from Home Depot or whatever. They're arguing that they want to, rather than sell the timber, take all that wood and just bury it because they're saying that that is a better solution. And so in other words, this is a business because they're getting money to create carbon offsets. And this is what Bill Gates is financing. Yeah, the, they will be incentivized for the destruction of the planet. And all the while, they'll be being told that it is for the benefit of the planet that they destroy the planet. Again, megalomaniac, genocidal, and satanic converted scientists who have got the levers of society who need to be stopped. And they're, if, 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 we, if we don't stop them, you see the kind of world that they're creating. It's, uh, it's, it's not a habitable world for people who want beautiful things, who want like magnificent architecture, who believe in God, basically. They're creating like a dystopian hellscape because they, they, they don't they don't want us to live in this world. They want us to live in the world that they're creating. And it's not this one. That's why they're destroying it. They're creating a whole other world. 
It's, it's, it's starting right now on the social medias and the metaverses, the Apple Vision Pros, here on and so forth. That's why they're actively destroying the world that we live in right now. Look at this. Train carrying toxic materials derails West Virginia. An article by David Linfield from the Slay News. They put this up February 13th. It says that a CSX cargo train carrying toxic materials has derailed in rural West Virginia, according to reports. The train derailed around 4.15 p.m. Monday in the area of Low Line and Magnolia Roads in Morgan County. The nine derailed cars contained dry cement, calcium, chloride, and sodium hydroxide, according to CSX and county officials. The derailment has brought emergency personnel to the scene. The incident occurred on Monday afternoon with at least eight cars landing on their side. Images of the crash scene appear to show cars on fire. No evacuations of residents have been reported as the, as the location of remote. It goes on to say that the West Virginia Emergency Management Division was monitoring the derailment and the Department of, Our, of Environmental Protection personnel were headed to the scene, according to a statement from the governor's office and state officials. Emergency responders, including hazmat teams, were quickly dispatched to the scene to assess the situation and ensure community safety. The hazmat teams have been working diligently to prevent any potential leaks of hazardous chemicals. CSX transportation crews have reportedly been deployed to assist with the incident. As local emergency response teams and state agencies continue to monitor the scene, the cause of the derailment remains under investigation. That finishes off by saying that CSX is working closely with these agencies to determine the factors that contributed to the incident and to ensure that appropriate measures are taken to prevent future occurrences. So again, maybe I should have put this at the start, right? I think it's down here with all the climate stuff because, well, what's going on in East Palestine? Like we covered just last week, they still haven't been getting any treatment, any any relief. And now it's affecting the water supply. And now just this week, we have a train carrying toxic materials derailing, and they're not going to get any supplies either. So you've got planes falling out of the sky, hospitals being crashed into, uh, uh, trains being derailed. Uh, what else? Massive crime. Again, this is just evidence of society breaking down. This isn't me trying to be like sensational. This is me chronicling what's going on with our extremely fragile society. Just to, just to set a backdrop, right? And here it is. Speaking of the incredibly delicate society, right? This is why they want to have a, huma, a humanocracy, a new world led by AI. Right here, WEF announces new world of AI-led humanocracy. Another one by Frank Bergman from Slate News. They put this up February 13th. It says that the WEF founder and chairman, Klaus Schwab, has just announced plans for a, quote, new world that will, quote, transition mankind into a new era. Let's listen. Just think of the power of the combination of artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and big data. Uh, so it's a combination of the different technologies which really bring the fundamental change. And finally, um, I think we have to be prepared for a world where we see a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological uh, dimensions. So it will be a world integrating the physical, biological, and um, the, uh, the uh, digital dimensions. So it will be a new world. And um, I'm looking for a minister in 10 years. Uh, probably it will be completely different from what it is now. And that's what they want. You know, and, I, and I've been saying this because people are finally starting to see the uh, 
people are finally starting to see people using the Apple Vision Pro out there in, in the wild. And that's what they want. That's what I'm saying. They're destroying the external world so they can force you into this world that they're creating. In the next 10 years, you're going to, be, you're going to see some fantastical stuff. You're going to see some fantastical stuff. That's what they're talking about, the transhuman takeover. It's not a humanocracy led by AI. It's the technocracy. Don't insult our intelligence. We know the difference. They want that merger of the physical, biological, and digital. They're, they're, they're With this Apple Vision Pro, they're inserting another holographic matrix into the already existing holographic matrix that we live in. We understand that this world that we live in, to a degree, isn't real. We know that we're spiritual entities having a human experience. We're, they're about to take these spiritual entities that are having a human experience and then force them into a digital hellscape that they have creation uh, and, and, and mastery over. Do you understand how dangerous that is? We get our information and, and when we die, we get to go back to God. If these people are able to continue to flesh this matrix hellscape out, this, 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 this artificial matrix, They'll have control of so many human souls as they already do. And do you understand how dangerous that is? We already have so not, I, would, I don't want to say like soulless people. That's where the NPC idea came from, because we know that there are people operating out there where the lights are on, but nobody's home. They start rolling out this Apple Vision Pro. You start seeing all kinds of people that that, that, that are not really there. That's dangerous. We already have people who are disassociating from reality. We already have people that spend uh, the majority of their day online playing video games, not really interacting, having so normal social human behavior. You imagine you start putting the overlay of the matrix there. People start trying to communicate with you like you're an NPC when you're an actual human being. This is very dangerous. A humanocracy led by the AI do you see how fervently the AI is trying to get inside of us? What do you think is going to happen whenever it has that part of its mission complete? It will begin to take us over. And if you don't have people who can distinguish social media, like, like, like imagine you see all these TikTok influencers, all these people dancing, doing the what you do all over the place. Imagine them if they have the brain chip. They got somebody running the camera for them already. Imagine if they just have like a drone or something that they can command with their eyes while they do their TikTok dances. We'll talk more about this later on in the show. I just kind of wanted to get this at the start because, again, it's showing you how as society is continuing, continuing to disintegrate, continuing to break down as we're realizing, hey, we can't maintain this extraordinarily complex and vast society not in the centralized way that we have now, the controlling elite, well, they're telling you where the new system will be. They're telling you, oh, don't worry about this world here. We'll take care of everything. You, you'll own nothing. You'll be happy. You just have to put on the goggles and sign up for your government-mandated health care. It's, 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 it truly is a dystopian hellscape. I'll talk, I, I, I literally have to talk more about this in subsequent editions uh, because there's so much with what this, this demon's saying when we talk about the already existing holographic matrix that we're in, the artificial matrix that they're trying to put us into and how we, 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 we're, we're greater than our circumstances. We're greater than this, than this, than this, this system. Think about how many different things they are trying to do to control you, to dumb you down, to tell you that you're not beautiful, that you're not powerful, that you're not strong, that you're not capable. They just want you to shut up, 
put the goggles on, pull up your mask and take the vaccine. Disgusting. New study suggests Apple's Vision Pro may, quote, rewire the brain. An article by Anthony Scott from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 13th. You already know this, and this is the plan. Says Apple enthusiasts have long awaited the new Apple Vision Pro headset, but new research suggests that the new device could potentially, quote, rewire consumers' brains. A new study from the Stanford University researchers revealed that Apple's new Vision Pro headset has the potential to impact brain patterns negatively. Researchers wrote that wearing the goggle, wearing the virtual headsets could, quote, cause visual after effects, a lapse in judgment of distance, induced simulator sickness, and interfere with social connection. One researcher who participated in the study reported difficulty pressing elevator buttons and bringing food to his mouth after wearing the headset for a few hours. It's more than that. That's just the immediate effects, right? Like you took the vaccine and you've all of a sudden got myocarditis. That's just the immediate effect. We don't know what the long-term effects are. The long-term effects are people not, like literally, being disconnected from reality. And you got to think, they rolled this out. They rolled this thing out right after Elon Musk rolled out his first product for telepathy, for the, for the, for the brain chip. Do you understand what's happening? How they're just giving you this, 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 they're giving, it's options of the beast. That's why you hear me say there's marks of the beast. It won't just be one. And they tell you that you'll be able to have it either in your forehand or in your hand. There will be different products of the beast. How do you want to, how do you want to see the beast? Right. As they rolled out the app and vision pro Elon Musk announced his, his product, the telepathy where that chip's going to go inside you or where they're going to be able to scramble your brain so you can comprehend what they want you to see. That's the future right there. That right there is the future. That's why it's so dangerous. That should have touched back on this one when we were, I should have touched back on this one whenever we were talking about Klaus Schwab when he's talking about the humanocracy uh, Infowars is Jamie White does a better job of documenting it. He actually has a clip where they're not talking about just a merging of technocracy. Uh, let's get into this article from Infowars. They put this up February 14th. It says that the World Economic Founder Forum founder, Klaus Schwab, rebranded his Great Reset system uh, as a, quote, humanocracy rather than as a technocracy during the, world, during the annual World Government Summit. Speaking at the 2024 World Government Summit in Dubai on Tuesday, Schwab explained that the WEF is moving away from the technocracy framework for its, quote, fourth industrial revolution, a.k.a. the Great Reset, in favor of a more humanist approach. He called it, quote, humanocracy. Let's listen. Finally, finally, if you look at leadership in this new age, political leaders, I think a political leader has to combine three different dimensions. He has to be first a technician, a scientist. He has to understand those new technologies. But second, he has to be a philosopher. He has to understand the interactions of those new technologies with the other parts of our daily lives. And finally, he has to be a humanist. He has to prioritize not technology, but the human aspect. So if I look forward, we don't want to move into using the fourth industrial revolution 
into a cold bureaucracy. We don't want to move into a technocracy. What we want to do, we want to move in what I would call a humanocracy, a world where we use technology to use all our human potential and to create even a better world. Thank you. I think that's so crazy, uh, especially given the fact of what people like uh, Mike Adams has done with his large language model, Neo. You know, just just like uh, just like just like Neo in the Matrix follows the white rabbit and goes down the rabbit hole uh, and begins to learn the truth. Mike Adams created a, an AI chat model, an AI chat bot similar to chat GPT, but it was based in actual human facts, like a man, a man and a woman, right? Biological facts, health news and things like this. I think that's very interesting that right after this, uh, we get people like Klaus Schwab saying we need a humanocracy because he understands that he's got somebody like Noval, Noah, Yuval Noah Harari walking around saying you have no rights, there is no God, uh, we're just going to drug you up and give you video games and kill you and soft sterilize you and kill you. He, he's, he's got people like that going out there. And so they've got to come up with a good cop, bad cop, right? They've got to give you this, this, this simulation or this illusion of freedom, this illusion of option. They've got to give you the Apple Vision Pro of the Mark of the Beast as well as Elon Musk's brain chip. And so the humanocracy will also be part of the technocracy. It's just how do we sell it? How do we sell people their own enslavement? How do we get people to want to love the technology? How do we get people to want to take the technology? Right? How do we have these people become technicians, philosophers, and humanists at the same time? And this is something that we, we, have, we ourselves are going to have to adopt as well. These are the different dimensions in which we're being uh, blasted by these people who are attacked, so to speak. But you have it right there, a humanocracy. We don't need a technocracy. We already have that. Now we need to figure out how to create the transhumans for the technocracy. You see how that works? You know how you see how that works. You see what these people are doing. But that's why we have to call them out. That's why we have to talk about these type of things. Because they, they're hitting a critical mass. They don't have enough people on their side. They do need more technicians. They have the system in play, but they haven't reached that critical mass point where people want to operate and infiltrate that system to have that pro-human, technocratic, transhumanist takeover. Where if you just take the chip, well, then you can access the internet freely. You can get more money. Uh, mark my words, you're going to begin to see that you're going to start to begin to see pro-human technocratic messages coming out. Very, very interesting. For the last article for this segment, right? Uh, this is a video, again, speaking of Mike Adams over there at Natural News. This is a video where scientists admit that they got what they were wrong about with the God particle. It's seven minutes long. I won't play it in its entirety. I think I might play a little bit of it. I mostly want to get into the, the, the article uh, because when looking at the God particle, CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, you know, science, the Higgs boson, things like this, we're messing with the fundamental nature of reality at this point. Like, like spiritually, <laughs> biologically, and, 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 and now scientifically. And I've talked about this too when we look at it with like the environment, 
right? Especially whenever you do these, these these dimension swaps, you start messing with the nature of reality. There's an energetic exchange. You can't because energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be shifted and manipulated, changed. When we're messing with the very fundamentals of of reality in which we are, there's bound to be some mistakes. And the fact that they're admitting that they got something wrong about what they were studying back then, well, what mistakes happened because of that research and the work that they've done? What mistakes are they currently making that will have ripple effects that we don't even know about? And I'm not talking about the Mandela effect. I would like to. I'm talking about other things beginning to bleed through. That's why we're seeing strange sightings coming up. It's obviously for the alien agenda. Just just, just so many different things are warping into this reality, making things very strange uh, that I found this very wild to be coming out right now uh, as everything is taking place. But let's read this quick article from Natural News. They put this up uh, February 13th. Says scientists at CERN are now admit that they were wrong about their initial findings and assumptions regarding the Higgs boson particle. Commonly known as the, quote, God particle, the Higgs boson particle is the first subatomic element particle that scientists have discovered that does not feature spin along an axis. Uh, Researchers have now discovered that upon decay, the Higgs boson particle can potentially transform itself into different combinations of photons and leptons. Sometimes in a subatomic particle, uh, sometimes the subatomic particle will decay and feature either the same or a neutral charge, while other times the decay leads to subatomic particles of opposite charge. Uh, so again, if you guys are the science types that like this type of information, you understand it to a greater degree than me, I'll play it. I like reading this because I know that, again, we're messing with the fundamental nature of reality. There are mistakes. Uh, there are consequences to these mistakes. Things are coming in. And I mean, you look at what's going on outside of CERN, they have that, 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 that Shiva statue where they believe in, you know, destruction and creation. What are we destroying? We're destroying this old world civilization. Well, what are we creating and where are we going? Getting back into this article, it says physicist Martin Bauer explained that, quote, classically, the Higgs boson can't decay into photons. Photons are massless and the Higgs boson only sees massive fields. But in the quantum field theory, it can interact with massive fields and they can interact with with photons. Uh, Using this detour, a Higgs can decay into photons. Classically, it's so... Before I continue on, again, this is all all science <laughs> nerds that are that are a heck ton smarter than me. I've said this before: how we get our information from light, how we are light based beings, and you know, that's why they want to reflect the sunlight uh, from the sky. That's why they don't. That's that, that we're very advanced plants. That's why they're doing everything they're doing. Um. You know, let me just play this. Let me just go ahead and play this and then we'll continue on and I'll close it out. This is, again, why we need other shows, other segments and so much more, because there's a lot of fascinating things taking place right now. And we need to see it through a multidimensional lens instead of just through like the unfortunate left, right political paradigm that we're brought into. Uh, But let's play a little bit of this and then we'll close out the segment for you guys. Here are scientists admitting that they got something wrong when looking at the Higgs boson, the God particle. Scientists have observed a puzzling event related to the Higgs boson, which shows our understanding of the particle may not be correct. 
They've observed an unexpected decay of the exotic particle that's far beyond the accepted realms of the standard model of physics. These unexpected findings challenge the predictions of the standard model and indicate the possibility of new physics at play. To understand what's been observed, let me briefly explain the concept of Higgs boson and the Higgs mechanism using a daily life analogy. Picture the universe as a vast swimming pool, filled not with water, but an invisible substance called the Higgs field. Now, imagine different types of swimmers in this pool. The first swimmer is a professional, streamlined, and efficient. As they swim, they slice through the water effortlessly, barely interacting with it. This is similar to particles like photons, which don't interact with the Higgs field and hence are massless. Next, think about a casual swimmer, maybe someone who doesn't swim often. They can swim, but they create a lot of splashes and waves, and they find it harder to move through the water. These swimmers are like particles such as electrons and quarks. They interact with the Higgs field, which is why they have mass. Now, imagine an inflatable beach ball in the pool. This ball can't move on its own, and it takes some effort to push it around. So we can think of the beach ball as representing heavier particles, like the W and Z bosons. They interact with the Higgs field a lot, which is why they have a lot of mass. Lastly, imagine the waves that move across the surface of the pool when the swimmers move. These waves are like the Higgs boson. When a particle interacts with the Higgs field, it can create a disturbance or a ripple, like a wave in our pool. That's the Higgs boson, a quantum excitation of the Higgs field. When we discovered the Higgs boson at the Large Hadron Collider, it was like seeing those waves in the pool. It was confirmation that there must be swimmers or particles moving and interacting with the pool, or the Higgs field. Now, the problem is that the Higgs boson doesn't stick around for long. Once it's created in particle collisions, the famed particle lives for a mere less than a trillionth of a billionth of a second, or more precisely, 1.6 into 10 raised to the power minus 22 seconds. This makes it very challenging to study the particle. It's like the particle is created and destroyed in an instant. So one way that physicists study the properties of such short-lived particles is through their decay modes. This decay can happen in several ways, or modes, and which one occurs depends on the specifics of the conditions. And the unusual event related to the Higgs boson involves its decay into another set of particles. Let's get back to our swimming pool analogy. Let's say our swimming pool wave, or the Higgs boson, becomes too big to sustain. What happens next? It needs to settle down, right? And how does it do that? It breaks up into smaller ripples or waves. Now imagine that these smaller waves represent other particles. Depending on the initial size and energy of our big wave or the Higgs boson, it could break into a pair of smaller identical waves, like a pair of W bosons, Z bosons, or Ta leptons. It could even create a mix of waves and tiny bubbles, like a pair of leptons and photons. Now, this is where things become tricky. The decay process of the Higgs boson into two photons is not a straightforward one. Instead, it involves a convoluted mechanism known as a loop, wherein virtual particles temporarily appear and disappear. 
These virtual particles can include hypothetical particles that have yet to be observed, making their direct detection impossible. Interestingly, this process is not limited to the decay into two photons. It also applies to the decay of the Higgs boson into a photon and a Z boson, which is the focus of the new study. The Z boson is the heavyweight of the standard model, an elementary particle that along with the W boson is the carrier of the weak nuclear force. At the Large Hadron Collider, researchers sought to investigate this rare decay process. According to the predictions of the standard model of particle physics, only a tiny fraction, approximately 0.15% of Higgs bosons should decay into a Z boson and a photon. However, the experimental data gathered from proton-proton collisions conducted at the ATLAS and CMS detectors between 2015 and 2018 paints a different picture. Surprisingly, the data reveals that this decay is occurring in around 6.6% of cases, a significant deviation from the expected value. Both experiments identified the Z boson by observing its subsequent decay into pairs of electrons or muons, and the frequency of these Z boson decays was found to be approximately 6.6%. Okay. Okay. Atlas and CMS, the two key experiments at the Large Hadron Collider, employed strategic approaches to maximize the sensitivity in detecting the decay of the Higgs boson into a Z boson and a photon. Okay, okay. So I think that might be a good place to take a take a break. Heck, heck of a stuff going on there. And as we look at these complex systems, right, they're looking at light, they're looking at gravity, looking at waves, they're looking at vibrations. This is the type of stuff that interests me, right? This is the type of stuff where we could spend days, weeks, months, years diving into it and what these implications mean. This is the type of stuff that interests me. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but it, it, it's all what it implies. Uh, when you look at, you know, I mean, it's like whenever you find all kinds of old school photos of just bells being broken and, you know, there's there's bells going on for hundreds of feet. It looks like it's a, at least like a football field length of, of bells being destroyed. It's because they had understanding of, si of what we now call cymatic frequencies, uh, the studying of sound and vibrations and things like this. And when we look at Higgs boson particles, electrons, uh, photons, muons, quarks, and things like this, this is the study of light. This is the study of gravity, the waves, uh, frequencies, and stuff like this. And I find it interesting. This is the type of stuff that moves society forward. The stuff that we're going to be getting into after this break and more, these are unfortunately the things that hold society back. We're trying to do the best we can navigating these waters, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to do the best we can making it all make sense. Uh, you guys have seen that movie Squid Game or that TV show Squid Game. The reality we live in is Squid Games. They're going to be tightening down their control more and more over time. And as they do so, we will be trying to get through it, trying to survive, but eventually they'll get us. Eventually they'll get us all. But as we're here right now, this is us just trying to navigate these murky waters and more. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about more political or at least cultural, social things that are taking place. Tucker Carlson going grocery shopping uh, in Russia. Joy Behar saying that if Trump's elected, Putin will invade Europe and 13-year-old American boys will be drafted. Uh, we've got the Civil War, as well as all the other, again, social, cultural things that are taking place. Children being paraded like objects in the middle of the street. 
uh, Satanism in public 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 display, uh, a Disney star exposing Hollywood's love for demons and more. We're going to be talking about the Western exorcism and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is It is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way. We are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity... We can't catch can, up. We cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially, and... What you're detecting as the, the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots it's the result of the mrna platform itself that anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed
choose to to legitimately angry. Um, so we were guessing what this would cost. Everybody hears from the United States buys groceries, and we didn't pay any attention to cost as we were just putting in the car what we would actually eat over a week. And we all came out around 400 bucks, about 400 bucks. Um, it was $104 US here. And that's when you start to realize that ideology maybe doesn't matter as much as you thought, corruption. If you take people's standard of living and you tank it through filth and crime and inflation, and they literally can't buy the groceries they want, at that point, maybe it matters less what you say or whether you're a good person or a bad person. You're wrecking people's lives in their country. And that's what our leaders have done to us. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. We're not making any of this up, by the way, at all. Radicalized Tucker Carlson going for a grocery shop. And, and Russia radicalized uh, Tucker Carlson. But what he's really doing is he's just exposing like the disparity between America and Russia, you know, uh, what's going on with the global empire and so much more. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And this is the Western Exorcism. Just imagine, like I should have said either Western Exorcism or Western uh, Defibrillation, right? Imagine just both at the same time. You've got somebody rubbing like the shock pads together, saying clear as they just try to revive us. And at the same time, you've got a priest in the background, an exorcist in the background saying, you know, demons be out of America. And during this whole time period, right, the demons are coming to surface. We're just like convulsing, you know, as evil is just coursing through our body. And as it's trying to come out, we're having an exorcism right now. Uh, we may not survive it. Most exorcisms are not rose colored. They're actually pretty violent. Um, but that's because we're bringing to light all of the dark things. And this is just one example of it. I mean, I shouldn't start the show. <laughs> I shouldn't be starting the show with plane crashes, uh, cars careening into hospitals, uh, you know, um, the train derailments occasionally uh, regularly happening. This should not be like a normal thing. But if you live in an unstable and destabilized chaotic nation, where they have made evil normal, well, then you become desensitized to it. You expect the chaos. You expect the evil. The rest of the world isn't like America. And that's what Tucker Carlson is trying to get across by playing just a simple video. The rest of the world is not like America. America is losing its mother-loving mind right now, and the rest of the world can see it. That's, trying, that's, that's why they're trying to figure out how to quarantine America off from everything else. And I love my country. I absolutely love my country. I love the childhood that, I, that I've had, but what? Is, but something has happened in these past couple of years to where this is an unknown country. What some people call the occupied government of the United States. This is not the country I grew up in. And you're going to see this a lot more take place. You're going to have a lot more people beginning to expatriate uh, from America. You've heard me talk about it over here. I'm looking at what's going on in El Salvador, right? President uh, Nayib Bukele. You got a lot of Bitcoiners over there. It would be very nice, very comfortable over there. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you see a lot of people renouncing their citizenship. And then at the same time, you see the solution to such things. You see the migrants and the replacements coming in. And so the border wall isn't for to keep them out. The border wall is to keep you in. You see. And so Tucker Carlson saying you're going to be radicalized if you leave the country because you're going to be seeing 
the rest of the world and most Americans don't travel. Most Americans don't even leave the, the, the country or the, or the city or the state that they grow up in. And so when you are exposed to other ways of being, radicalized isn't the word that I would choose, but you become kind of disheartened. You become upset that you have become desensitized uh, to corruption and to evil. You tolerate you, you tolerate what most people don't. And so that's what he's describing as being uh, radicalized. But let's continue on. We have more. We have more. Uh, Tucker Carlson tells the World Government Summit that the president is senile and everybody knows it. I want to live in a free country. I was born in one. And I'm going to do whatever small thing I can do to maintain um, you know, this society that I, 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 okay. Sir, I love. You are, you are known to be um, pro-Republican Party, right-wing of the Republican Party. This is what they claim. They said first you've been a Democrat, <laughs> then true. became a Republican. Okay. Or you are known to be pro-Trump, anti-Biden. What is truthful in this? And you went to Putin because you are pro-Trump and anti-Biden? Um, I mean, my views are not very interesting. Uh, I would... I'm not sure how I'd characterize them. They're changing as quickly as the world itself is changing. And I, as a matter of principle, I, I think that, you know, that your views should change when the evidence changes and assumptions that you had in the past are proven wrong. That has happened to me virtually every month of my life. If you pay close enough attention, you can rate your own performance, just as if you're betting on sports. You know, I lost that one. And when you do, when it turns out that the things you thought were true were lies, you should admit it. So. What are my views? I'm not certain. Tell the truth is my main view, and I plan to do that to the best of my ability. So um, Trump played no role in this whatsoever. There's a, obviously an election in my country coming uh, to fruition in November. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think that the current administration is very obviously incompetent, and the, the president is senile. That's not an attack. Everyone knows it. Um, it has now been confirmed, I, I, I would say, this week uh, in in the report that you're all familiar with, but, um, and that's very sad, but it, it had sort of nothing to do with the interview. I wanted to interview Putin because he's the leader of a country that the U.S. government is sort of at war with, though not in a, in a declared way. Yeah, Tucker, Tucker Carlson's an interesting character. Again, if you guys haven't watched the, if you have not watched the interview with him and Vladimir Putin, I would highly recommend you guys to do so. It's, it's definitely worth a, it's definitely worth your time, to say the least, uh, to get like a perspective that's not filtered through propaganda. You just get it directly. And, you know, you always see Tucker Carlson being confused as people speak to him. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's saying the truth. That's how crazy things are. It takes so many different words just to get the truth out because we are, we are, we are linguistically behind so many different lies and so many different hoops that we have to get through uh, just to speak the truth. It's absolutely insane. Let's continue forward with the show. Here is a... Here's another individual talk about the United States of Section 8. We belong in our country. Why should we care about your opinions? Pick up your birth certificate and walk with me. 
Long story short, it's time for some of y'all to go home. America is becoming the United States of Section 8, and we do not have enough resources to take in everybody and their bald-headed mothers. I understand. Some of y'all are fleeing some crazy governments, but y'all need to either figure that out or get in line to get your papers like the legal immigrants did. And don't tell me that the process takes too long. It takes too long because we're so busy dealing with the goofy people who swam here. And then some of you try to tell me that America is a racist country. Are the migrants aware of that? Because I see 50 shades of brown lined up at our border right now. How are you going to hate from outside the United States? You can't even get in. <laughs> yes. A little, little, little sassiness there, but uh, everything he's saying is correct. Even the liberals are beginning to wake up. Uh, but he's not wrong, right? People come here, they take advantage of the system, and you know, that, that that's what's happening right now. United States of Section 8. Man details how you can exploit the system and live free in Oregon. I, I, I kid you not. This might be something you guys go back and listen to. Uh, so she lawyers up and tries to evict me. Of course, I call up a Tennessee advocacy group funded by taxpayers. So the lawyers fight on my behalf for months and months. Finally, the owner decided that it would be cheaper to just give me a chunk of cash to leave. She writes me a check for 10K and I move out. Let's listen. This is how I got a free house in Portland, Oregon, and how you can too. So the first thing I did was find a vacant house that somebody was trying to rent. Next, I looked up how to break into a lockbox without using force. Thanks, YouTube. Next, I forged some documents. This made it look like I had a lease agreement, and I called the utility companies and had the utilities put in my name. I'm not going to pay them, but they don't know that. When the owner showed up, I politely explained that this was my house now, and they need to leave. So they call the police and I show them my lease agreement and the utility bills and they tell the owner that this is a civil matter and they've got to sue me. This made the owner super angry so she lawyers up and tries to evict me. Of course, I can't afford a lawyer so I call up a tenant advocacy group who gives me a lawyer that's 100% free and funded by taxpayers. So my out-of-pocket is still zero dollars. So this lawyer fights on my behalf for months and months, really driving the owner crazy and costing her tens of thousands of dollars. Finally, the owner decided it would be cheaper to just give me a chunk of cash to leave rather than continue paying the lawyer. So she writes me a check for 10K and I move out. I didn't even have to clean the place up and that's a good thing because I do a lot of drugs and the house looks every bit of it. Still no thank you note for aerating the walls, but whatever. So I just got nine months of free rent in a house that otherwise would have cost me three grand a month, plus a nice cash for keys check. And I wasn't even charged with anything. I always thought that stealing was wrong, but it turns out if you steal a house, it's not even against the law here. So this couldn't have worked out any better. Thanks, Portland. I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if he's joking. I don't know if he's serious. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. But the sad part is, is these are these are these type of loopholes within this like extremely complex and sophisticated society that can be exploited. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know if that's a joke. I don't know if that's a parody. Could be. Could be. But could you see something like that taking place? Could you see somebody coming in there, squatters rights, I own the place, I'm paying electricity. No, you're not. The state is. Doesn't matter. I'm squatting here now. This is my place of residence. I'm going to kindly ask you to leave. And we've and we've seen this. But again, this is just more emblematic examples of just society beginning to break down. And 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 then as society begins to break down, they're still going to need bodies, slaves, wage slaves, 
maintaining this system. That's why the border wall is not for you. The border wall is to keep everybody else in because as you have exploitations like this within the system, migrants getting all kinds of you know money outside of people who are legally and lawfully naturally born here, like you, you, you get where this is going. This is meant to implode the system. This is a system beginning to cannibalize itself and it, it, it might be a joke or he might not be. I don't know. Here's a video of Trump saying, when they screw us, we screw them. I, I, I just see this as the equivalent of whenever Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go lower. As the Trump reciprocal trade act. You know what reciprocal trade is? When they screw us, we screw them. It's very simple. If China or any other country makes us pay a 100 or 2 per, think of this, it happens all the time. We now, we did, we did a lot. We did, we did very nicely with China. They aren't doing well right now because of the tariffs and taxes I put on. If China or any country puts on a 100 or 200 percent tariff, we will make them pay a reciprocal tariff of 100 or 200 percent right back. If they charge us, we charge them. Hey, that's business. That's business. Roy Behar says if Trump is reelected, Putin will invade Europe and 13-year-old boys will be drafted. Now, part of me, like I have a I have mixed feelings with this. Obviously, you know, we 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 cover Joy Behart, the the view, those cackle of witches, right? The things they do. Uh, this is fear porn. Come on. This is this is this is this is a little a little extra, but I could actually see it going down. You know, Trump's not gonna be the the end all be all, right? Russia's got their own things that they're dealing with. Europe has their own things they're dealing with. China does as well. If Trump does get elected, I could see something like this taking place. 13-year-old boys, though, getting drafted? Come on. Acting like this is acting like this is this is World War One or something. I don't know if there's a clip. For the first time since 2015, John Stewart is apparently back in the anchor chair of the Daily Show last night to put his spin on the state of the presidential race. Take a look. What the are we doing here, people? <laughs> These two candidates, they are both similarly challenged. And it is not crazy to think that the oldest people in the history of the country to ever run for president might have some of these challenges. Now, Democrats will say that any criticism like this, especially of Biden, is unfair because you just don't know Biden like they know Biden. I was in almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in front of and on top of it all. Did anyone film that? <laughs> so when it comes to Republicans, they've got a different strategy for their 77-year-old candidate. Well, first of all, Donald Trump is not an old man. He's an old man! <laughs> he is objectively an old man! They are the oldest people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! <laughs> So a lot of people are happy to see him back. What do you think about his take on everything? I'm so excited he's back. I, I never say up that late, and I did to watch him come back. Mm -hmm. He's still got it. I love that he takes shots at both sides. And listen, he's underscoring an issue that we've talked about at this table a lot. A lot of us are never going to agree on this, but I feel like 
he makes this point in it, which I've tried to make before, which is democracy is on the line in this election. Donald Trump is the most dangerous president of all of our lifetimes. Oh, my and gosh. Democrats have made that their crowning campaign message. Oh, my so gosh. that means that Joe Biden should be able to we're, stop. We're just here for Joy Behar. We're not here to watch the whole show, hon. <laughs> uh, you have, on the one hand, you've got a guy, uh, Biden, how old is he, 81? 81. And so he stammers. He's had a, st uh, a stammer all his life. I think that that's part of the reason he sometimes looks a little doddering. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get the words out. The guy has accomplished a, lo a lot. I don't want to repeat all the things he's done for Americans already. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you basically have a 77-year-old criminal who only cares about <laughs> who only cares about getting out of jail. Okay. And and I wasn't here yesterday because. All weekend, I was ruminating about what he said about getting us out of NATO. I don't think that yeah. people understand what yeah. that means. Yeah. You know, I saw this video of all these young MAGA guys celebrating Trump and Bubba. Well, you know what? You guys will be draft age. Yeah. You want to start up with Russian, the Russians going into Ukraine and then to Crimea and then to Poland. What's next? Mm -hmm. France, Germany, Italy. You think Americans are not going to be involved in that kind of a war? That's what you're looking at with this guy. You know, I mean, I hate to bring up Hitler, but before, before Hitler became powerful, yeah. he stuck his little toe in. Mm -hmm. And the Brits and the Americans, everybody appeased him and yeah. said, he's not going to get worse. And then they gave over the Sudetenland to him. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he's invading Poland. And then he's occupying France. And then he gets Mussolini on his side. This is what Putin is going to do. It's okay. All right. Like I said, we're not. We're, we're here just for the Joy Behar that she's gonna. We're, we're we're here for the Joy Behar. I think about the grandmothers, the mothers that watch this type of stuff, and they hear these things, and they get radicalized. They get radicalized. Trump's Trump's the Antichrist. Trump's Hitler. Trump wants war with Russia. Trump this, Trump that. Imagine just having that much fear of like a single individual. Imagine just like attributing that much that much power to one individual. It's the same thing that they've done done with Putin, but at the same time they discount their own behaviors. But again, we play this type of stuff so you guys can see the the type of propaganda, the type of thought process of these people. It's all fear based. It's all fear based. If they because they refuse to actually look at some of the things that are being talked about, they get them wrong. You see all these Trump supporters, bah, 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 bah. well, you're of draft age. And so you see how they immediately just go to war. They immediately begin to attribute negative connotations to situations that they don't that they themselves can't figure out. Absolutely crazy. But just keep all this stuff in mind. We play that so you guys have a window into the type of people that we're talking with. We're talking about like this right here, left-wing billionaire George Soros buying hundreds of American radio stations ahead of the 2024 election. And, and I'm sure it's just to demonize Trump, to demonize Americans, to demonize coal, gas, fossil fuels, things like this, anything that has to do with traditional Western ideology, you know, that marriage the marriage isn't between a man and a woman, that there, that there's more than two genders. Hundreds of American radio stations. And who's listening to radio in your generation? We're a podcast. We're simulcasting on Instagram, on Facebook, on 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 Twitter, on Rumble. Who listens to to, to radio stations? Your your parents, your grandparents, and unfortunately, you do too. Whatever you're driving around, 
the subtle propaganda, the subtle message that Trump is an evil dictator, that America is horrible, and that we just need to kill ourselves. I had, just last week, at least three people tell me that they wanted to kill themselves. And I thought to myself, what did I miss? Was there a suicide spirit transmission that went out that I didn't get picked up on? Either way, there is, there, there's, there, there's something in the waves. There's a disturbance in the force. There are people that are hijacking natural frequencies and putting out their own messages. Let's read this quick article by Mike LeChance from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 14th. Says George Soros, the left's favorite billionaire, is buying up American radio stations by the hundreds ahead of the 2024 election. This is obviously part of the strategy because that's what Soros does. He hatches backdoor plans to exert influence over American politics. A few years back, he pumped a ton of cash in a district attorney races across the country, and we all know how that worked out. That's why you have criminals being let out on the streets left and right. This is his new plan. Could there be more to this than gaining media influence? George Soros has purchased a potentially controlling stake in America's second largest chain of radio stations. According to the bankruptcy filing cited Wednesday in the New York Post, his Soros fund management has bought $400 million of debt in the Odyssey chain. The Post reported to the fund's stake comes to about 40% of Odyssey's debt at a value of about 50 cents on the dollar. Quote, although not a majority that could yield effective control of the media giant when it emerges from bankruptcy, the report, the Post wrote, a Republican insider, quote, close to the situation, told the Post that Mr. Soros could be making the election year purchase in a bid to influence public opinion. Quote, this is scary, the source said. Why is he even being allowed to do this? Because, well, it's a, it's a free market. They're taking advantage of the free market that America participates in, and we're allowing our enemies to basically buy our own destruction. That's why China's buying our own, buying our farmland. So we have foreigners that come in here and tell us what to do. That's why we have foreign institute or foreign nations that are inside of our American uh, academic institutions. Foreigners telling Americans what to do because Americans don't think for themselves, and when they do think, it's usually prop it's it's it's, pro it's propagandized, it's programmed, and this is why you see so much chaos and hate and hip, uh, hypocrisy and instability and just deranged mental behavior being programmed into people. And the more that we try to just point out the fact that, hey, you're being programmed, you're being gaslit, you're being manipulated, you're an NPC, they're trying to, they're, they're trying, you're, you're becoming a useful idiot. They're trying to use your instincts against you. The more that people fall into this trap. And now we have things like this. Blue states want total civil war in America. This is a, a statement said by Steve Quayle in a video with him on Mike Adams. I, uh, I'm just going to read the article. Kevin Hughes wrote it on February 14th. He says, according to the author Steve Quayle, blue states want maximum total civil war in America in line with a Marxist revolution that they envision. Quote, the blue states are Marxist. There is no Marxist revolution that can take hold and take control until there is a massive civil war, he told Health Rangers Mike Adams during a recent, quote, Health Ranger report appearance. Quote, it is a Marxist communist revolution forming before our eyes, and you can't vote revolution out. They want maximum total civil war in the United States being the blue states. They are going to facilitate it. They have already funded it and now they're doing all, now all they're doing is dispatching it. Imagine social media mobs. Quayle pointed out that the U.S. is seeing a quote prepositioning of civil war troops from foreign countries 
given funds and arms. These troops, he added, have been given, quote, billions of dollars worth of weaponry for this purpose. The renowned radio host pointed out that this isn't just an issue of people coming to America for a better life. Illegals are being assimilated and funded while the American people suffer. Veterans die on the streets. Middle class families are rendered homeless and children are being trafficked worldwide. Adams then asked Quayle how the governors and the mayors of these blue states and cities are going to survive now that they've unleashed illegal migrant crises upon the, their areas. His guest replied that these blue states won't wake until won't wake until there's blood in the streets and enough liberals end up dead at the hands of the people whom they thought or who they think they're trying to rescue. The health ranger remarked that the Democrats and the liberals have been brainwashed with self-loathing to point out that they are incapable of functioning as adults in reality. Something Quayle dubbed as, quote, reality avoidance disorder, he told Adams, quote, they see the world in a make-believe set of glasses versus seeing it as it really is. The radio host added that every time a liberal government official comes up with a policy, there is always a graft or corruption attached to it. Quote, I think what liberals are famous for is creating social chaos, Quayle remarked, quote, coming up with programs to supposedly do away with the social chaos and lining their pockets, smiling all the way up. And they're right. They're right. That's what I'm saying. We're, the, we, we have inherited an extraordinarily complex society, but even if there's a slight deviation, there's going to be massive repercussions. Think about just the, the moral fortitude of the people that actually created the Constitution that we, that we, that we now go by or that we should have been going by. It's like they knew human nature. They knew humans would try any kind of which way to get something done. And so we came up with a constitution to draw a line in the sand to say that this cannot continue. You can't do X, Y, and Z. You have to protect an individual's rights and their sovereignty and their individuality. Think about just, again, the moral fortitude, the spiritual understanding, the awareness of just respecting an entire individual and everything else they want to do from then on out and then codifying that into a written language and then basing that for, for, for a country. Think of that. We don't have that level of moral, moral fortitude. We don't have that kind of strength these days. We are very corrupt, wicked, degenerate, and we're not trying to regenerate. We're not trying to improve. We're not trying to uh, evolve into a higher understanding to have a higher uh, grasp or comprehension of, of, of morals. We're not a striving to be like God. We think of ourselves as little gods. We think we are gods. We want to take things over and look at what the little tyrants are doing. Look at what these tyrants did during COVID. And look at what these warlords are about to do during a civil war. These are not people that are uphold society or help build out infrastructure or make people want to participate in things. These are the people that help in the disillusion of man, the erosion of culture, the destruction of normality. And I wish that we wouldn't have to be so general. I wish that we could actually have, you know, individuals where we know that these people are bought and paid for by the World Economic Forum and they're they're carrying out this agenda. We have that. But it's even deeper than that. It's a mindset. Because even when these people speak to us, they know that they're lying, but they've 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 got it in their head, they've got it in their mind. And they've got it in their heart that eventually that, that, that they're doing a good thing. I forget how the saying goes, but it's like whenever the oppressor, whenever the oppressed becomes the oppressor, the job is done. The job is done.
And so rather than having beautiful, magnificent societies and cities, which again, show glory to God, to show the vibrant and, and exuberant nature of man, the, the, the dunamis of the power of the human soul, instead of these things, we have disgusting statues, uh, uh, Satan, sat, satanic temple displays being popped up everywhere, uh, public rituals by these degenerate people. We don't have magnificent things displayed to us, and that's being done for a reason. Listen to this talented dude sing and paint the national anthem. at the same time he was drawing he was literally drawing soldiers holding the flag upside down and at the very last second he flipped it over and showed you that he was drawing the outline of soldiers carrying the flag of and, and planting the flag I think either at Iwo, Iwo Jima or, or what but that was amazing absolutely amazing I would highly recommend you guys go watch that if you're listening on the audio podcast version this man is literally singing as he's painting um and, and, and we all have that ability. We all have that ability to produce great works of art. We all have this, 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 this thing within us that can give glory to God, that can give glory to creation, that can, again, just show the exuberance of our fellow human man. This was amazing. And I say this because I'm that kind of person. I listen to music. I listen to documentaries and draw. You should see my high school notes, man. I'd be sitting there. I could recall an entire, I could I could recall entire presentations based off of a single drawing, and this gentleman over here singing as he's painting—that's a true type of artistry that you don't see anymore. But it's because they don't want us to be amazing. They don't want us to express ourselves. They want us to do these wicked, degenerate, physical things that aren't like 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 that, that don't matter. And I say that like as he's making this painting. He's, he's, he's bringing something that is immaterial to life. He's bringing this idea of creativity, of patriotism, of artistry, of history, of culture, and so much. And he's putting it 
to paper. He's giving people something to see. He's pulling an image from the from the ether and then making it manifest. We can all do these things. This is this pro-human renaissance inspired or pro-human renaissance based divinity inspired future that I'm pushing for, that I am an advocate for, that I am a believer in. This is what I mean by us regenerating. This is how you move society forward, having complex discussions about art, science, the nature of reality, how humans are supposed to exist here. These things are important. Because I tell you, if not, I mean, let me let me let me let me play for you guys. If not, then you get situations like this. Look at this. Ignorance or indoctrination. 28-year-old girl just now learned that you could eat fruit from a tree. The only person on the planet that didn't know that you could just pick a piece of fruit off of a tree and eat it. I had a friend come over a few weeks ago, and she was like, Carly, why do you have a bag of lemons in your fridge? And I said, oh, well, I use lemons in my cooking a lot, and sometimes I put them in my sparkling water. And she was just like, no, but why do you have a bag of lemons from the store? And I said, oh, well, sometimes I cook with them, and I also put them in. And she said, no, you have a lemon tree outside. And I said, okay. And she said, so why do you buy lemons? And I said, because I cook with them. And, and she said, Carly, you have a lemon tree. You just pick the lemons off the tree and you put them in your food or, or in your sparkling water. And I said, don't you have to do something to them? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you don't have to do anything to the lemons. And she was pretty upset, which I guess I am one of the very few people. I didn't think that I was one of the very few people but maybe I am one of the very few people that didn't know that there is nothing that you have to do to a lemon before you eat it from a tree. You can just take it off the tree. Am I the only per I'm 28 for reference. Am I the only person? Say no. Yeah. You went from watching a gentleman singing and painting the national anthem upside down to a 28-year-old girl who did not know that you could pick fruit from a tree. This is, and she's over here on TikTok making videos, you know, fully alive, like conscious. But just imagine that that's the level of detached people that we have. She's not using an Apple Vision Pro. She doesn't have Elon Musk's brain chip inside of her. This is just a regular woman, 28 years old, that either has been so domesticated by society that she doesn't think to use the environment. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. A lot could be said for just this alone, but this is what they want for us. They don't want us to be able to take care of ourselves. They don't want us to be able to think critically. They, they also want us to be alien in our environment. These are the type of pod people that we're going to start seeing more of because again, I, I bet she wears a mask. I bet she has all of her shots. You know, I bet she's clearly very active on, 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 on social media. This is what they want for people. They want people disconnected, unable to interface with the real world, not forming natural social relations, comprehending things. They want people to be able to take their information from the feed, from the social media that they can program, from the technology that they have control over. And just like this, you have somebody that's what we call a perfectly, a perfectly uh, programmable person, a triple P or now an NPC. The reason why we see these terms popping out more and more is because we're seeing people who are conscious, but not really awake, who are alive, but just not really, not really there. 
perfectly programmed person. Like these, right, like these people right here. The U.S. Constitution attacked and desecrated by climate activists in D.C. They were arrested in minutes. Did you guys hear about that? Did you guys hear about that? We had climate activists in Washington, D.C. destroying the Constitution. And again, emblematic of the time frame that we're living in. Right? Literally the destruction of history. And we talked about this last week when we saw activists, I think, in France destroying the Mona Lisa I got upset about that as well because you're destroying culture, history, and so much. But because they've been taken over by this mind virus and they're being programmed not only to hate themselves, but everything that gave them the system of school of thought that they have, they're 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 a part of this this destruction waiver, this deconstructivist ideology that's that 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 activists have or climate activists have 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 latched onto. What am I trying to say? You literally have people destroying the country. It's no longer like a physical or ideological or political thing. Like they are literally trying to destroy the founding documents of this country. It says that the U.S. Constitution in the National Archives was desecrated by climate activists on Wednesday. The activists dumped red powder over themselves as well as the case that held the document. Here it is. Here's the clip. And so you've got, and I'll let the video finish playing. You've got two slack jawed beta males sitting over here trying to foment a revolution, as they say. One looking like a modern day Western Harry Potter and another looking like he just got done drinking beer on the side of the on the side of the beach. I got nothing wrong with that. But what what I have an issue with here is these are either two self-imported individuals. Or two plants, two people who have the gall to go up here and destroy our nation's documents. This isn't migrants coming from the southern border. This isn't China. This isn't Russians dressed as Americans. These are brainwashed Americans who have been victimized by the mind virus and are saying, hey, we want to foment a revolution and destroy our very home. This country is founded on the conditions that all men are created for created equally and endowed with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're calling for all people to have all these rights, not just wealthy white men. We all deserve clean air, water, food, and a livable climate. Right now, our children, we don't want to see our children to the end of civilization, but Okay. Okay. So we can, we, we, we know how this story ends. We know what these types are. These are the extinction rebellion types. These are the eco activists, the eco extremist types. These are the type that are, that are going to blow up power stations, gas lines. These are the people that are going to destroy the environment for the environment. That's what I'm saying. These are, these are the, the people who have been victimized by the mind virus. These are just the early stages of it. They haven't hit the extremist level yet. 
They're still doing protests and demonstrations and things like this. But whenever they begin, whenever they begin to get a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit more operational, that's when you're going to start seeing them being a threat. Right now, the idea is just fomenting that America is racist. White people are evil. We need to do away with Western society. And they say all this as they sip a Starbucks. They say all this as they sip a Starbucks in freaking shorts and sandals, texting it on their phone. Right. They, 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 they say this as they take advantage of the luxuries that modern Western society has afforded them. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Modern Western society that's literally uh, telling 28 year old girls that they didn't know that they could pick fruit <laughs> from a tree. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, speaking of insane. Listen to this mother. Listen to this. This this whole thing's crazy. I'm going to play it in its entirety. Listen to this mother and this recently transgender child. The child spews all of the transgender talking points. And the mother basically agrees. But this is what's going on. Again, this is the mind virus. This is why America needs an exorcism because we have we have people who are who are possessed by just strange ideologies, strange things taking place. Let's play this quick clip and we'll pick it up afterwards. Self inward discovery and realize that nobody can make you be LGBTQ. Nobody can make you gay, queer. Nobody can make you trans. It's, she was born this way. My other daughter was born that way. You feel that way, Georgie? Yeah, completely. What do you say to somebody who thinks that? Um, that this was brought on you or this was... I think you have a dangerous mindset that um, their, their um, ideals and opinions are hurting a community that is already hurting. When you first heard the term transgender, what did you think? I thought that's me. Why? Um, I don't know. I've never really... I, I, I was never uncomfortable with identifying as um, a boy. Um, it was just... When I heard it, I realized I would be much more comfortable. When she said, I'm transgender, it, it clicked with me. It made perfect sense. Um, she may never have felt those, those inconsistencies when she was younger, but I saw them. So it was it 100% when she said, I'm transgender, there wasn't a doubt. I believed her from moment one. Once a child makes that commitment that they're willing to live, to socially transition and live their life as a gender other than what they were assigned at birth, we have to support them. We have to um, let them know that we believe them, that um, they are a human and the, the gender that they believe they are specifically when they're in a household where they're not, maybe not getting the support that they need. Um, having that at school is so important for their mental health. Next year, when I go to um, back to public school, I, I would like to use the women's restroom because I, I identify as a woman. You know, if, if I'm going to the bathroom and, you know, it's a free period and everyone is, um, you know, they'd see me, they'd see me avoid the women's restroom and go into the counselor's office to use the bathroom. So it's important to you to feel like you belong? Yeah, I get angry. 
I get very angry. Well, I get angry for her that, that they're wanting to take this away from her. But I get angry because I feel like my parental rights, my, my right to have my daughter receive the, whatever medical care I feel she needs taking, taken away from me. Well, I think that um, um, stopping, stopping hormone treatment, stopping um, uh, puberty blockers, um, that it's, it's really dangerous. You are taking um, a couple detransitioners' opinions over th hundreds of thousands of transgender people who are um, actively disagreeing. The fact that they had to take a, a detransitioner from California just because they couldn't find one locally, that, that says a lot. Taking their word on it instead of you know, a marginalized group who, who um, just want to exist it's it's dangerous what's what's dangerous is what's happened to this young child like i'm serious and whenever we talk about child abuse like you you literally just witnessed it when we talk about propaganda child abuse all of this type of stuff this is this is it right there that child had to learn all of that information from somebody had to form its own view opinion children are not born transgender they have these ideas reinforced to them by somebody or or their society we're going to look back at this time period and we're going to we're, we're, we're going to shake our heads. We're going to shake our heads. But something tells me in the future, because of the transhumanists, the technocracy, the communists and all these the things, these type of people are going to do. They're going to use people like this as they're going to up, uphold people like this as as martyrs, as avant garde, as you know, front line. They were so strong because they're going to do they're going to modify people's genders. We're going to modify humanity to where we have more than two genders and these type of people who are on the spectrum are going to be the first wave and it's going to be crazy but right now because we are in this 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 temporal time frame we're seeing this stuff we're moving from one age into a next this is child abuse from our understanding from my understanding this is child abuse you gave that child drugs you coached them on things to say you let them watch everything that they needed I mean, look at how they look at how they labeled what they call detransitioners, people that no longer wanted to be transgender. Rather than actually studying why that is the case, why people would not want to be transgender, they just label them, just demean them and then just discredit them. You're going to take a couple of detransitioners opinions over the thousands of other people who, 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 who want to get transgender treatment. It's just it's disgusting is what it is. It's disgusting is what it is. We're mutilating an entire generation. This is mostly just for the headline. School recently told people to avoid Valentine's cards that feature white people or straight couples. A private school in Rhode Island advised parents not to send their children to school with any Valentine's Day cards that portrayed white people or promoted heterosexual relationships. In other words, it's okay for first grade boys to ask a non-binary genderqueer black kid to be their Valentine. Got to steer clear of the blonde-haired, blue-eyed biological girls, though. Jose Marty, the headmaster of Moses Brown Lower School, said cards should not feel gender normative. In other words, no boy cards, no girl cards. And he advised avoiding cards that portray only white characters. He said students of color deserve to see themselves in Valentine's Day cards. Now, the school said the focus ought to be on friendship and fun, and they encourage parents to avoid the romantic crush themes that can dominate the holiday. 
You know, it sounds to me like when Mr. Marty was in first grade, he asked someone to be his Valentine and got rejected. I'm Todd Stearns. Thanks, Todd. Sad to hear, but this is worse. Children are participating in a carnival in Spain, and they're dressed as girls. You've got people cheering in the crowds. Uh, if you have any children right now, ladies and gentlemen, I would highly recommend you guys to move them away from the screen. I would highly recommend it. I'm obviously going to play this, and we're going to move on very quickly because I don't really want this type of filth and garbage featured on the show. This is pedophilia. The, I don't know what this lady's giving those kids. She's walking up and giving them something. This is how you do human trafficking. This is how these kids end up. Like, you, you wonder how people end up in the positions that they're in, why they end up going gay, why they end up going lesbian, why they end up going transgender, what happened to them in the past. It was stuff like this. Whoever this authority figure is could be somebody from the church, could be somebody from the school could be their local librarian, could be somebody, the coach. It doesn't matter. You, the, the, the absolute evil that this is right now is sad. This is this is absolute evil. Shame on those people. Shame on every single person that's participating in the event. Shame on the people that put on the event. Where are these kids as parents? And so when you have kids saying, oh, well, I've always been transgender. No, you haven't. Somebody put this idea in your head. And they beat it into you to where you now believe their lies. Um, that's all I'm going to say um, because I, I have to move on. I do not want to have that type of filth on the show. And the reason, again, look at this. New York Church finds a, a new way to recruit members, free drag queen shows. This is a part of just the, the perversion that's going on. You've got kids parading, kids parading around in, in lingerie. Drag queens infesting churches, uh, uh, lesbian and gay preachers and bishops and things like this. It's 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 insane. But this is just the type of demonic, satanic, inverted spirituality that's engulfing people. The, the, the how do they pronounce it? The religiosity types, the rainbow religious types. And you, I mean, and I mean, we know what this is too. Having, having drag queens parading around in your church—that's just the devil making a mockery of your church. And that's how it is. I'm sure this very same church allows same-sex marriages and things like this. And that's what it is. You let a little bit in, and then you have literal drag queens taking over your churches. It's just a little bit, right? Where where will it be in the next couple of years? Will there be orgies at the churches? That might sound a little radical, but not really. If God is love and these people are all about perverting love and doing hedonistic, degenerate sex, who's to stop these type of people from turning churches into sex orgy places? And again, as I as I as I hear myself say this, I think about what Aleister Crowley says about his sexual revolution, how do as thou will shall be the whole of the law and how their whole, how, how his whole approach towards all of this was to bring forth this new world order through sex magic, through ritualistic sex magic. And that's exactly what these transgenders are doing. That's what the drag queens are doing. That's what all of this type of stuff is, this wicked perversion of, of, of just that natural order of things. Because they're they're scrambling things. 
ours is the generation in transition or transformation or transmutation. You choose. But that means a lot of things are going to get distorted. And that's it right there, having drag queens inside of churches. Because now, look at this. Rob Reiner says that conservatives are going to hell. You were the opposite of Jesus' teachings. We're the opposite. This is an article from Baxter Dimitri of the People's Voice. They put this up February 15th. It says that Christian conservatives in America are, quote, antithetical to the teachings of Jesus, according to far-left Hollywood actor and director Rob Reiner, who claimed that Christians are going to hell because they are the, quote, opposite of Jesus' teachings. Quote, Jesus was about peace and love and helping thy neighbor and those less fortunate than ourselves, Reiner told Newsweek this week. Quote, and I thought that was something that we should all aspire to. So to me, this movement is going totally opposite the teachings of Jesus. Quote, this movement that they have here seems completely antithetical to the teachings of Jesus, said Reiner, who remains Biden's biggest fundraiser in Tinseltown. I wonder if there's a clip of him saying these things. It doesn't seem like there is. It says in the news in the Newsweek interview to promote his new film, Reiner also blamed, quote, Christian nationalism for the January 6th riot on Capitol Hill. Quote, the Christian nationalist movement it says that it's my way or the highway and we'll resort to violence if we don't get our way, which is what we see happening on January 6th. Breitbart reports that, quote, Christian nationalism has quickly emerged as the left's favorite new buzzword to scare its voter base into submission, with Democrat strategists and influencers trying to make it ubiquitous on the airwaves and social media. The term refers to conservative Christians who are politically active and are organized around key issues like abortion and support for former President Donald Trump. Democrats have stepped up their, quote, Christian nationalism hysteria in recent months as young anti-Israel progressives grow increasingly alienated from the Biden administration over the war between Israel and Hamas. To reverse Biden's cratering numbers, party leaders are attempting to create a common enemy, quote, Christian nationalists that will galvanize the left's base come November. God and Country, which opens in cinemas this week, is intended to be the last prong in the left's, quote, Christian nationalism messaging campaign. But Reiner's movie is also being questioned for playing unfairly. As Breitbart News reported, a man featured prominently in the movie's trailer is not a Christian nationalist and has no idea of what one is. John Tiggs said that, quote, I don't know what Christian nationalism is, adding he has no idea why he is in the trailer. Because they just, they just want people to hate the West. They want people to hate Jesus Christ. They want people to hate Christianity. They want people to ultimately hate God. It's a very straightforward plan, very sophisticated plan, very straightforward plan. You see, because if they can get you to hate the right and then Christianity and then Jesus and then God, well, then they've won. If they can make the oppressed turn into the oppressors, well, then they've won. And that's, that's what's happening right now. As things escalate, as the propaganda gets stronger and stronger and stronger, you're going to have people that just begin to not necessarily tune stuff out, but become these perfectly programmed people. You're going to see here in America active attacks against Christians. Mark my words. It, it, as it already is cool to hate Christians and hate God. Oh, man, it's so cool. Like, I hate myself. I hate God. God doesn't love me. Ugh. We are the perfect Satanists. We are the perfect Canaanites. We, 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 <laughs> we, we, we are the perfect demons. 
Disney star exposes Hollywood's love for the demonic. Says there is a reason you see people dress up as Satan. It uh, this is this comes from Blaze TV. They put this up February fourteenth. It says that what do Sam Smith, Doja Cat, Lil Nas X, Demi Lovato, and Megan The Stallion all have in common? Each of these artists, although they certainly are not the only ones, have boldly embraced satanic imagery in their art, be it through costumes, music videos, or song lyrics. While the media loves to write it off as mere theatrics and right-wing hysteria, former Disney star China McClain argues otherwise. Quote, I've noticed a pattern in what is being presented. People think this stuff is just a game, but there is a reason why you see people dressed up as Satan or with upside-down crosses or pentagrams on their clothes, McClain said. Quote, there is a reason why the entertainment industry is doing that. They know good They know good and doggone well that God exists. They also know that Satan exists. They're just counting on the fact that y'all don't know that. But either way, the things that, they, that you take in, they're feeding you. Those things affect you, whether you realize it in the moment or not. She warned, adding that the entertainment industry is all about influence. Because in this dark world we're in, I've noticed a pattern in what is being represented. China McLean. People think that this stuff mm-hmm. is just a game. There is a reason why you see people dressed up as Satan, not just, you know, like Satan slipping himself in a little bit. No, mm. full on visuals of Satan, people dressed as Satan, you know, dressed as a demon, got upside down crosses all mm. on their clothes or pentagrams on their clothes. And people are just like, oh, that's and funny. It's, you why? know, we're making fun. No, there's a, there's a reason why the entertainment industry is doing that, y'all. They know good and doggone well that God exists. They also know that Satan exists. They're just counting on the fact that y'all don't know that. Hmm. But either way, the things that you take in, that they're feeding you, those things affect you. Whether you realize it in the moment or not, they affect you. That's why they do it. Entertainment industry, it's Hmm. about influence. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sacrifice the honesty in order to be politically correct. Well, good for her. China McLean. I don't know anything she's been in, um, but... That's great that she would actually stand up and speak out. Who does that? She was a Disney cast a long time ago, back in the nineties and the two oh, thousands. Yeah. So huh. she's this is something that she has done. She's done it before. Yeah, yeah. Where like she stood up and which is why she no longer has a job. Oh yeah, probably. So. <laughs> yeah, she's good for her though. Yeah, good, good for, for her. her. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, good good for her. Uh, and that's the type of stuff that we need to see, right? But at on. Yes, it's stuff we need to see, but at the same time, we're we're well aware of this. The Satanism has become so like overt; they're very proud of this to where they don't even hide it anymore. To where it's only hidden if you choose not to see it. Like if you need Hollywood stars to come out and saying, "Hey, these people are worshiping the devil; they are practicing paganism and Satanism openly." If you need somebody with like an insider to say this then you truly have scales over your eyes. You can't see this and you need to pray for the discernment to see this because the devil is using every single one of these, these influencers like, yeah. <laughs> and they're, and they're, and they're not even hiding it. So that's, that's the crazy part. These people, uh, they borderline might as well just go ahead and praise the devil. They're doing everything but that. Uh, Mina Savari moving forward with the show. Uh, Mina Savari's sister says Hollywood elites, raped her as a kid during satanic ritual abuse. I have no idea who Mina Safari is, right? But she's just, again, detailing the fact that Hollywood is engaged in satanic ritual abuse. 
this is a, another article from The People's Voices by Sean out at the lobby. They put this up February 13th. It says Mina Savari's stepsister has gone on the record to detail the MK Ultra style ritual sex abuse and torture she suffered as a child at the hands of the Hollywood elite. In a viral ex post, a user who goes by the handle by the handle of Stellar Fox 16 accuses her father of trafficking her to elite pedophiles in Alabama, Disneyland, Las Vegas, Long Beach, and Hollywood. Infowars.com reports that the woman also names people in California who allegedly took part in her sex trafficking as a teen. While it is impossible for Infowars to corroborate these claims, the woman's testimony is intriguing and sheds light on the hidden shadow society illegally participating in ritual sex abuse of children behind closed doors. And it uh, looks like there might be a, a tweet that we can go to. And I lied to you. There's not. It's been deleted. Of course. It, but uh, it looks like there's a little bit of a transcript here. And before I jump into this, you know, this this, this satanic ritual abuse, child sex trafficking, all of this type of stuff is what sets it, it's it's what sets the how do I this, how do I say this? This having children parade in the middle of the street dressed as dressed in lingerie is what this is. They're one in the same. They are one in the same. And the more that we promote the pedophilia, the rainbow mafia, and everything that they are doing, the more that we are making way for satanic ritual abuse to take place. And if you don't want it to be satanic ritual abuse, child sex abuse. And where do the rituals take place? With the transgenders inside of the churches. Knowing that there very well is a God, but actively destroying his creation. Like I don't know how to explain that they are all one and the same. And this is that spirit of degeneracy, of hedonism, of wickedness and perversion that is permeated across America and is using sex, using human relations, using gender as the vehicle for destruction. I'm only going to read a little bit of this transcript and then we're going to continue on. But this is me just trying to show you that, no, we really are possessed. Yes, we do need to cry out for God. We do need to want to be cleansed because we have layers upon layers of multi-generational trauma and, 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 and Satanism being foisted upon us. And we have to call it out in order to get away from it. Let me read these couple of tweets and then we'll continue on with the show. Uh, again, this comes from Stellar Fox 16, Mina Savari's stepsister. Uh, they say that I have been beating around the bush with things I went through. So here's a breakdown. Deep breath. From birth to 11 years old, I was involved in MK Ultra type programs. I was never told the names, but the programs weren't all the same and fit under the general mind control experiment umbrella. My father used human behavior modification, sex abuse, torture, and ritual abuse on me that he either learned elsewhere or studied on his own, by himself and sometimes with groups. I was trafficked to child quote video groups and other places, including Disneyland, Disneyland Hotel. Las Vegas, La Marina in Long Beach, museums, and mansion parties. I am an experiencer. At the age of 11, everything changed when my father met and married a celebrity's mother. Things slowed down and she moved in. They eventually moved to Alabama and their marriage fell apart when he started trying to kill her. 
I was trafficked by other groups after he moved to Alabama. He liked to remind me that it was legal to get married there at 14 with parent permission. My mother had Munchausen syndrome by proxy, mental illness style type thing going on. So my life was very isolating on all sides. I had people in quote Hollywood involved in my personal life and in my trafficking, people in the entertainment industry. I'm posting about this not for sympathy or attention, but to expose it. I'm just a person who went through a crazy amount of things. I have little proof, and that's by design. The way they want it, but I'm going to tell it. MKUltra, hashtag MKUltra, hashtag occult. So th there are thousands of people who are suffering like this because, again, it's a multi-generational it's a multi-generational thing. Like he said, it's something either his father studied or it's something that somebody had taught him, which means it was information that was passed down in the occult method, kept away from modern society that you had to seek out in order to learn. A multi-generational assault, a multi-generational way of indoctrinating and keeping people within a, 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 a certain frequency lock to where they can be accessed by these negative spirits that have familial ties for multiple generations. Like you're, if you're like, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, imagine if your grandparent was an occultist. Imagine if your grandfather was a, was a Freemason, the, like the, the, the classic type, not these modern type, not the new, the Neo Masons we have today, the Neo Freemasons, but the ones that studied the ancient occult types and made a pact with some some demon years ago, that demon can transcend your grandfather's lifetime, your father's lifetime, and your lifetime because they move through time a lot differently than we do. They'll wait for you because some of this stuff does skip a generation. They'll wait for you to figure out how to unlock them to, to continue on your grandfather's working even though your grandfather had no idea that he was being used as a portal by this demon to continue the works here. There is a lot of stuff that's going on with this. And when you think about, again, just a multi-generational aspect, because yeah, it may have skipped your father's generation. That secret society is still there waiting for you, keeping and keeping a tab on you and your information and everything that's that pertain to you because they have spirits in the other world that are guiding them to do these things. And again, when we look at people like Aleister Crowley and how they are trying to bring forth this sexual revolution and the spirits that are attached to it, this is it and more. I'm not just making this stuff up. I'm not just saying stuff. I'm, 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 I'm trying to quantify and define like an extraordinarily complex society. Not even society, like a reality. Audio listeners, you guys can't see it. I've got pulled up on the screen. A, a, a meme. I may begin to do this more because it's easier for me to kind of pontificate and, you know, go over this type of stuff when looking at memes. But it's got two panels pulled up. On the left-hand side, it says art in a religious society, and it's got stained glass windows, uh, pictures of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ, statues of Jesus Christ that are absolutely beautiful. Uh, again, statues of Mary holding Jesus as well, and just absolutely gorgeous architecture uh, and paintings, you know, things from the Renaissance. And then on the, on the right-hand side, it says art in a godless society. And it's got, it's got a monkey with, with a paintbrush at the very bottom. And all the other pieces are either repetitive and ugly 
Uh, they look like scribbles. You know, it's that interpretive art crap that we always see. And unfortunately, there's also a statue of like a hand with 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 four fingers. I'm not sure and a face on it. The 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 post asks which way modern man. And the reason I say this, and I think it's because I'm either getting older or I'm doing more research or, or I'm just seeing our world become delete, deleted or just engulfed by fire. I'm appreciating art. I'm appreciating culture. I'm appreciating religion. I don't want to be in a godless, atheistic, hedonistic society where, where we have perverts trying to get access to kids saying it's love. I don't want to live in that. I want to live like in a, in a, in a, in a time where things make sense, where you can have, you know, where you can have all these different cultures living proudly and then coexisting and then coming together to create a global culture, but not abandoning their culture. I mean, look at this, just, 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 just gorgeous, gorgeous art, gorgeous art, gorgeous architecture, gorgeous paintings, giving reverence to God, giving reverence to humans, giving reverence to just, just this, this, this world that we live in. What way, modern man, do you want to live in the godless society that, that they're creating or do you want to discover religion? And as we talk about time and time again, with China, what they want for the rest of the world, they don't want people to have religion because that's the only thing that's going to get people through stuff. It's what gets me through stuff, my relationship with God and more and trying to share it with you guys. But they don't want that. They want you to live in a godless, hopeless, atheistic, non-regenerative society. They don't want you to have a renewal of the mind, a renewal of the spirit, a renewal of self, growth. They don't want these things. They want you believing that this is all there ever is. And they want to make this disgusting. The other meme that I have pulled aside for you guys says, if, if a man kneels before God, he can stand against any man. And again, I may begin to just have full sections where we just pull out the memes because the memes are true. If a man kneels before God, he can stand against any man. Christ is king. And may St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. This might be one of the final articles that I play or one of the final pieces I play for this segment. I, I think I might have a, one or two more things after. If not, I think this might be the last one. It's an exorcist calling for spiritual warfare as the rise in evil is causing exorcists to take twice as long as 50 years ago. This is, it says that the Father Chad Rippiger, a Catholic priest and longtime exorcist, is, is sounding the alarm over the rise in, quote, demonic oppression while rallying the faithful to become, quote, saints by confronting the dark forces. This is an article by Bipart. They put this up February 5th, but the folks over there at Signs of the Time picked it up. Since Father Rippiger warned of the rise in the demonic element last week during a one-hour talk at the famous St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, while the, lie, while the levels of demonic possession, one of the most severe forms of demonic activity, have remained relatively steady in the recent years, Father Rippiger stressed, the, uh, stressed that other forms of demonic activity, such as demonic obsession, and oppression are on the rise. The cause of this dramatic increase in demonic activity, according to Father Repiger, stems from the large number of people doing, quote, evil things 
and a decrease in holiness among the faithful. Quote, before 1963, the average time to liberate somebody from full possession was only one to two days, maybe a week on the outside, he explained. Quote, but after 1963, what used to take one or two days went to eight months to two years to liberate the average person. Then it's now, on average, four years to liberate somebody. There's two reasons for that. One is because the, because the world is much more evil and the demons are a lot more powerful. The second component is how exorcisms work and what they call ex opere operantes ecclesia. What does that mean? It means how holy the people are in the Catholic Church determines how effective my prayers are when I walk into that session. That tells us there's a fundamental problem with the members of the church that that they're not, not that they're not as holy as their counterparts were in the past. He asserted, and I think that right there is telling you something. That even that 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 that's it. Even the people who are aware of the evil in this world are having a hard time. And so stopping it because they themselves are not holy enough to push back against this, this world that the evil is making that much of an encroach on us. I think that's telling in, in and of itself right there because he's right. And I, and I, and I said this whenever they started killing off all these people with COVID that hedge of protection, it's very real. You want to talk about the old world. You want to talk about cymatic frequencies, lights, photons, an understanding of things like this. Your prayers have power. You were protected by your grandparents' prayers and hopefully by your parents' prayers. Are you praying for yourself? Are you praying for your parents? Are you praying for anything? Your prayers have power. Your direct communication and relationship with God is important. What you give off into this world is important. When we have people who are doing nothing but chasing sin, evil, wickedness, and so much more, they're not putting off good frequencies. They're not praising God. They're not trying to be choir boys or choir girls. They're not giving praise to, the, to, to anything. It's all about me, 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 me. And we know how the hearts and the minds of are of humans. It's corrupt. It's wicked. We chase after the we, we chase after things. That's what I'm saying. It's just there's 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 so much evidence of society crumbling under the weight of its own corruption. Let me read. I, I, I got fired up about just that that part alone. Let me read a little bit more of this and then I'll, I'll play this video and then we'll take a quick break. But it says, though, Father Ripiger cites mortal sin, an increase in the number of people doing evil in the world and a decrease in the holiness as a primary factor for the increased activity among dark elements. He reminds us that God himself will allow for demonic influence to sanctify the faithful. Quote, one of the principal reasons that God allows demons in our lives is to sanctify us because when we combat them and become instruments of justice to them, that is meritorious in the eyes of God. And it actually raises our place in heaven. St. Paul said that it engage, said it, engage the ancient serpent and win the crown of, the crown of glory. Ripperger continued saying that, quote, because in heaven you take two things with you, your state of grace, how much grace you have in your soul and your virtue. That's all you take. It's a struggle. It's a fight. We know God loves a good fight. We know he does. Quote, part of the reason we know it is because when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden, they stepped out from the authority structure of God and stepped underneath the power structure of Satan. From that point on, every single one of us was conscripted into this spiritual warfare. So. 
the holier you become, the more of that you actually have. Well, how do you become holy? How do you get more of that? It's through the exercise of the acts that pertain to virtue. So as you grow in virtue and you do these for supernatural intentions, you're offering things up, etc., your sanctity begins to grow. And this means that the demons, in combating them, it's a struggle, it's a fight. We know God loves a good fight. We know he does. And part of the reason we know it is because of the fact that since the time of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden, they stepped out again from the authority structure of God and stepped underneath the, the power structure of Satan. From that point on, every single one of us was conscripted into this spiritual warfare. There's different degrees by which we experience that. Obviously, you're not going to have the same experience I do in dealing with people who are possessed. But you are going to experience it to some degree. And how much he wants you to experience that is not a sign that he's abandoning you. In fact, the more God allows the demons into your life, there's a concomitant amount of grace he's going to give to you to combat it if you're faithful. And if you're faithful, that means that the more the demons are in your life, now I'm not suggesting you invite them in, but the more they're in your life, that means the more he wants you to achieve holiness, to ex achieve excellence in grace, excellence in virtue, and to have that crown of glory of having defeated those demons and been the instrument of their, ju of their justice. God wants to punish them because it's proportionate to what they've done. Any demon in session, that is when we're doing solemn exorcisms over people possessed, will admit that there is no punishment that God could ever meet out on them to which would ever be commensurate with how evil they are. Amen. Amen. You know, I bet you if we had more preachers like this, we wouldn't have a lot of the spiritual problems we have. You know, do like so many different great things that were said right there. You know, God wants judgment. God wants you to achieve holiness. He wants you to have grace. He's only giving battles to his faithful. He needs you to battle these demons. You know, it's, it's all proportionate to how much you experience. And I think that's why, like the other day, whenever I went to try to supply to go pick up like some dog food or some chicken food, I saw two, two people outside of the store. They were raising funds um, for their, for their church. Uh, they were working with basically people who were backslidden, uh, people that were addicts, people that were, you know, just trying to get back up on their feet. And, you know, I, I ran in there real quick. I was just trying to grab some chick feed and I came out and I was like, well, how much? You know, and I got to preaching with these guys. I started fellowshipping with these guys. Long story short, I ended up uh, I ended up walking home with a cross and a, a, an angel, the angel I put on my daughter in my daughter's room in the window seal. And the cross I put in my front room. Now, while I was politicking with these 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 two people, you know, um, you know, they 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 called my they called me radical because I told them I came from a Southern Baptist upbringing. And I look at what's going on right now, and I've heard and you've heard me talk about this on the show time and time again, that God right now is raising people up. And I, I use this all the time whenever I start talking about God and what's happening right now with people of faith, or at least people who are aware. Or, or at least people who can see that something's wrong, they just can't put it together. God is raising up his soldiers right now. And that's why he's given us these battles. That's why he's given me this position to sit here and to tell you guys these things, because I'm not doing any of this. It's all through the power of God working through me, giving me the strength to do these type of things. I mean, you got to think we're over here talking about satanic ritual abuse, child sex abuse, human trafficking, 
and so much more. There's no way that a, 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 the human mind should be able to be all right with this and to see where it comes from. But the only way we're able to get through this is because we see our adversary. We need to know our adversary because he's going to come for us. And it says this in the Bible, be vigilant because your adversary is roaming about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. We know that they are letting loose spirits and demons and so much more in this place. And people who act like that's not happening, they end up being victimized by them even worse. I praise God every single day that he has given me the discernment to recognize the strategies, the actions and the capabilities of our adversary. Because it shows up in many more, it shows up in ways more than just one. It's not just demonic. It's not just spiritual. If you guys want to take the holographic matrix type approach to it, or even just a matrix types approach, the Mr. Smith agents, the people that just magically manifest in your life just to destroy whatever it is you're doing. Well, those are manifestations, not only of this, of, of, of this holographic matrix trying to stop you, but of the adversary directly seeking you out, trying to stop you. So no, you battle demons every single day, not just your own, but it, but but the adversary as well as the system. But because people don't really lean into it, the fact that this is a spiritual battle that's beginning to make itself manifest here, they don't get it. And so the and it says this too in the Bible that our battles are not against flesh and blood, that they are against rulers and high places spiritual rulers and principalities in high places. And that's why you see spiritually people just giving up, taking over. Because where is the Christian spirit for love and justice and peace? Salvation. Where is that? Where are our numbers? We're being replaced by Muslims. We're being replaced by godless people, atheistic people, agnostic people, theosophic people, New Agers, and more. And they're worshiping their God and they're praising their God and they're saying that there is no Jesus and that there is no God and that your God is dead. Think about what this means. These are principalities. These are little gods coming after God. And that's why we have to rise up against these things. God wants judgment. God wants you to do battle. That's why it says in the Bible, I will spit you out if you're neither hot nor cold. Nobody likes a lukewarm, Christ, a lukewarm Christian. You need somebody that's bold in their faith, strong in their faith, because guess what those Satanists are? They build demonstrations. They have uh, displays. They have full-blown parades towards their God. We, are, we, we feel bad even saying praise God. And what do you think this does to the light? I was watching just the other day. I was watching uh, just, I think, something on either on YouTube or 2 TV or something that was playing on the television. And it was just the story of God. It was a story where it was the story of Jesus Christ. And they did a great job, a great job just breaking down the scripture to where Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew the moment when he gave him the bread that Satan had entered him. And, and think about that. That's preternatural knowledge as well supernatural, preternatural knowledge saying, I'm not going to eat of this bread, but I'm going to give you this bread. I'm going to do a good action and show you that even as I do a good action, whatever is working in and around you is sent here on a mission. You are sent here to kill me, but I am still going to do good, give you this bread. And that's how he named Judas Iscariot as the one that would betray him 
And as soon as he gave him the bread, Judas left and he went outside. And we know what happens from there. But you see, that's, that's what I'm saying. We have so many different things going on in this extremely cosmically beautiful world of ours that God has gifted us the ability to, to see and to comprehend that we shouldn't just be watching life through through social media feeds, that we shouldn't just be trying to dumb things down to black and white, racist and homophobic or whatever. We shouldn't be letting these people, these liars, these manipulators, these degenerates, these hedonistic Satanists, we shouldn't let them define what reality is because their version of reality is very dystopic, very anti-human. It's, it's anti-Christ. And you're beginning to see that now. You're beginning to feel that. And this is the society that Western civilization has, has, has propped up. So whether you're Christian or not, these are the ideas and the virtues that promoted this great society that we're inheriting. We don't really try to resemble those, those virtues anymore. And you see that. And you see the cost for that. The lack of reverence, the lack of majesty, the lack of appreciation. You see what a godless society is creating. And you see what we're also passing down. I think that's the, 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 the greater part. What are we creating and what are we passing down? What will the next generation inherit? We already see them inheriting the, the Apple Vision Pro, the brain chips that will alter their sense of reality, their sense of normal and more. And so you're going to take all of this, 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 this majesty, this wonder, this beauty of how amazing humans are, the beauty that we can create, the God that gave birth to us, and you're going to put it in a chip. You're going to take everything that makes us amazing and beautiful, and you're going to put it in a chip. And you're going to force feed us AI-generated images and things like this and more. And we're going to be told that that's reality. Yeah, the Western society needs an exorcism very quickly because we're possessed by something unholy and anti-human. And if we don't call it out and we let these things persist... Well, then we just we deserve the dystopian hellscape that they're trying to create. And I'll be damned if I let them drag me in there. I would rather die. I would and, 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 no, I would rather live on my feet than die on my knees than die in some matrix hellscape that they're creating. And I mean that. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a hardcore quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about covid and more. Right. Uh, the social health playbook. We've got senators saying that nobody told you to take a vaccine. We've also got Fauci admitting that the vaccines now cause myocarditis, which is groundbreaking. The CDC is now calling for masks to come back, as well as Medicaid now covering rent, utilities, and food under the Biden administration. We've got the social health playbook and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is, it is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends 
believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way. We are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity... We can't catch up. We cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially, and... What you're detecting as the the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots it's the result of the mrna platform itself that anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. 
CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Those lies and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Salutations. Salutations and welcome back to this segment of Factions of Freedom, the social health playbook section of the podcast. You know, we we play that uh, I'm vaxxed, waxed, wearing slacks, break buffer song uh, because that was propaganda that was self-made during during the pandemic. And, you know, I don't I don't hate these guys. I'm not mad at these guys. I, don't, I You know, if anything, I feel sorry for these guys because we, we, we played before that the clip of Brett Weinstein breaking down the globalist depopulation agenda. And it's from Brett Weinstein where we got these numbers of potentially 17 million conservatively being killed by the shot. And prior to playing, you know, the Vax Wax Slacks song, we're dealing with hardcore information. We're dealing with hardcore facts of reality that the rest of the world either A, did not take the time to figure out, or B, the system was so good and being able to scrub that information that they could never, never understand it. What am I trying to say is I feel sorry for every single person that's taken the shot because we are dealing with very, very serious things here. Uh, and they dangled this sense of normalcy in front of folks. And now they're beginning to deteriorate. Now they're beginning to wither away uh, outside of just having decreased, you know, productivity and stuff like this. Their genes are literally coming apart. Uh, and, and and I'm sure you're seeing it, you know, and it's a sad state of affairs, man. It really, truly is. And it's, and it's all done by the same type of people that carry out an even more nefarious agenda to take over people's bodies. Like what Klaus Schwab has said, the merger of the digital, the physical and the biological. What Noah Yuval Harari wants when he's talking about putting surveillance underneath the skin absolutely sick these satanists it's a, and it's a small group of them the small group of satanic scientists just that are just trying to figure out how to take over humanity and because it truly is a spiritual problem manifesting itself politically folks can't see it that's how strong the deception is oh breaks it, it this stuff does break my heart it really does. It really does. Uh, if you guys want to support this operation, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If you guys want to support this operation, you want to support yourself, get the get the, get the the New Leaf Natural CBD oil. they got CBD, CBG, CB, you know, they, they, CBN. They've got all kinds of different different types of oils. There's a reason why we had a spike of sales during COVID because like there was an actual usage for that. Not only did it have antipsychotic effects and helping people with anxiety and stuff, it was actually good for your respiratory system. And I just think it like how many different things are available to people for them to learn, but people just want life to be so easy. And we're moving into a time frame 
where you have to be more kinetic. You have to be more engaged. You have to be more present. You have to be more involved because if not, you'll have somebody that's wearing an Apple Vision Pro, you know, run into you or you'll have a Tesla car drive over you or you'll have somebody that has a brain chip that that forgot to move the window before they they, they, they run into you. And I, and I make that as a joke, but these are going to be competing realities that we have to deal with the same way we already have competing realities due to social media. Well, let's add the metaverse layer on top of that. We have to start thinking, taking things a little bit more serious. And it starts with our health. It starts with our health. It starts with our mind and it starts at home. Not letting these evil, wicked people inside of you, because that's, that's what this shot is. It's a, it's a biological raping of your DNA. And that's why they're trying to take you over with the with, with the hydro vulgaris and more but i digress let me go ahead and start getting into the content for this segment uh look at this australian fi- australian senator pauline hansen says that nobody was forced to take the vaccine nobody was forced to take the vaccine it's an incredible compilation clip of the coercion that took place in australia where people were forced to inject or lose their jobs uh Here's here's just more of the gaslighting where they're saying nobody nobody told you to take the shot. What? Nobody told you to do that. You actually made a comment that no one was forced to have the vaccination. You must have been fully aware that people, nurses, doctors, people to have their jobs, to keep their jobs, were forced to have the vaccination. Now, do you retract your statement that they were not forced? Uh, Senator, no, I, I believe firmly that nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Get the jab or risk losing your job. That's the ultimatum facing hundreds of thousands of essential workers tonight. I believe everybody was offered an opportunity to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. I don't believe that anybody was forced to take a vaccine. Coercion is not consent, but that won't matter for authorised workers if they want to keep their job. Well, then they won't be going to work. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. If you make the judgment to not get vaccinated and you reckon you can wait out us or the publican or whoever you want to think you're waiting out. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Life will become very difficult for the unvaccinated from January 31. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. No gym, no yoga classes. No gigs, no dance dance floors. No hospital or aged care visits. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Message snuffed out at Mooney Ponds, Knox and Mordialic by police. I'm not taking lectures on freedom. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. If an employer allows an unvaccinated staff member on site, they can be fined more than $21,000 and the business will be hit with almost a $110,000 fine. Workers who falsely claim they've had the jab will wear a $10,000 fine. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. About some people not, uh, not wanting to take vaccines. Nobody was forced to have a vaccine. If you okay. think you can not have a vaccine... Okay. Because you don't want to have a vaccine. Nobody was forced. I think you guys get it. Uh, they force people to take this vaccine. They force people to hurt themselves. And if they didn't force them, they put them in unyielding circumstances, which would make that the only seemingly solution for them to do so. And 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 it's sad because a lot of people did take the shot, and a lot of people are losing their lives because of it. And but. That, that's how these that's how these gaslighters work. That's how these liars work. 
we're expecting honesty, honesty, transparency, consistency, and legitimacy from people who ha- who who don't even know what those words mean. Like let's let's just be straight honest. We are dealing with people who are bought and sold and paid for. They will change their script every single time they get new money into their account. They don't stand for anything. They're 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 liars. Okay. And so that's what we're going to be dealing with for the rest of humanity's time frame. They have legalized lying. They have legalized propaganda. They, 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 they told you to take a dangerous experimental gene therapy or you'll lose your job. And now they're telling you they didn't do that. Okay. So you're, you're, you're dealing with people who are insulting your intelligence and who have no problem lying to you in live time. Let that be known. And now you have people like Dr. Anthony Fauci admitting that the COVID vaccines can cause myocarditis particularly in young men. So all of a sudden he's telling the truth, but because things are so upside down and so inverted, nobody will believe him. We have experience with this type of vaccine in billions of people. It's a safe vaccine. Of course, with the mRNA, there's a very, very, very low risk, particularly in young men of getting a myocarditis. But if you look at the risk of myocarditis from COVID itself is greater than the risk of the vaccine. Again, we have worm tongue, worm tongue, more deception. I don't know when that interview was, uh, to be 1000% honest with you. Don't know when it was. Don't know if he's beginning to make his rounds again. I think that's very dangerous if he is. Uh, That shows you that they're about to come out with something new, something more, something fresh. So they're priming you, getting you ready to see Dr. Anthony Fauci on the screen more. Don't know what that's about, but don't know when that interview was, but he's admitting the truth. And that's a very, very strange set of circumstances. Um, Speaking of potential other diseases coming out, the CDC has confirmed that the unknown outbreak on a cruise ship has spread. And symptoms include vomiting and diarrhea, said the CDC, which provided no other details. Uh, this is an article by Jack Phillips from the Epoch Times. They put this up February 15th. It says that the an unknown outbreak aboard a cruise ship is spreading, and now 154 people are sickened, said the CDC in an update this week. So far, 25 crew members and 129 passengers on the Carnival-owned uh, Cunard Cruise Lines Queen Victoria have become ill during the trip, which is up about 15 cases from when the illnesses were reported earlier in February, according to the CDC. The Queen Victoria cruise has 1,824 passengers and 967 crew members on board, according to the agency. It's still not clear what's causing the outbreak on the cruise ship, which left Florida on January 22nd. Symptoms include vomiting and diarrhea, said the CDC, which provided no other details. The Cunard cruise line confirmed that the guests on the Queen Victoria became sick during the trip. Quote, Cunard confirms that a number of guests had reported symptoms of gastrointestinal illness on board Queen Victoria on voyage V405, which departed on Florida in January 22nd and arrived in San Francisco on February 7th, said the cruise operator in a statement to the news last week. Quote, they immediately activated their enhanced health and safety protocols to ensure the well-being of all guests and crew on board. And these measures have been effective. You know, what's crazy is I remember I was supposed to go on a cruise. I was supposed to go on a cruise. Like we were supposed to go do the Bali Indonesia retreat with Nate and Max after we were supposed to go on that cruise 
But then COVID happened. And so we never went to Bali, Indonesia. We never went, went to um, Belize on the cruise because COVID happened. And I remember reading at the time, because I was getting angry about something like this happening, about an outbreak on a cruise ship, because that could have been me on a cruise ship whenever COVID-19 popped off. But I was here stateside, so we didn't have to worry about that. And now, a few years later, we're hearing the same thing. I thoroughly believe they're going to try to bring back COVID this year. I think we'll start seeing a narrative form in March. It'll take shape in May, and it'll really start hitting hard. Or We'll see talking points come out in March. It'll take shape in April, and it'll really catch steam in May. And then they're going to start locking stuff down. I thoroughly believe that. I don't think we're done with COVID especially because it's an election year. Dr. Peter McCullough says that we're working on ways of getting the vaccine from the body. This is good news. Looks like he's over here with Maria Z talking about it. They put this up February 14th. Uh, it says that uh, we're working on some type of systemic way of getting the vaccine out of the body or the remnants of it. Until then, Dr. McCullough recommends three over-the-counter natural substances to degrade harmful spike proteins and to reduce inflammation. Some of what we covered over here on the show. The show, uh, natokinase, 100 milligrams orally twice a day without food. Bromelain, 500 milligrams orally once a day without food. And curcumin, uh, 500 milligrams orally twice a day. Interesting. So let, let's go ahead and hear what he's got to say. Dr. Peter McCullough always has great information um, and explanations about his efforts exposing this as well as countering the effects. But let's listen. Okay, looks like we might have to watch it on X. Yep, okay. Looks like we're going to be watching it over here on X. COVID, uh, the body can recover from it. Well, there's great hope for the unvaccinated. Let me tell you that. As long as we can get through COVID, uh, the body can recover from it. Uh, COVID alone is, is difficult. Listen, I don't want to underplay it. Um, I've seen the effects of myself and, and family members, but the vaccines are at a whole different level. You know, the vaccines uh, install a massive amount of genetic material in the body, far more than the infection. Spike protein uh, reflections of this and antibodies are through the roof. Even three years later, uh, the messenger RNA appears to be long lasting, not broken down by ribonucleases or other, um, uh, or other you know, natural ways of, of getting rid of it. The spike protein looks like we can help assist its catabolism with natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Maybe others uh, will come on board. So we're working very hard along those lines. But I'm greatly concerned that people have taken multiple injections now have a permanent form of genetic toxicity in their body. And uh, we're going to be seeing the health consequences of for this sometime to come. Everybody, in my view, ought to start on spike detoxification. As the first step, we're working on ways of getting this genetic detoxification, uh, some type of systematic way of getting the vaccine out of the body or the remnants of it. The vaccine must be more than just Pfizer or Moderna code for DNA or Janssen and AstraZeneca, because not only are there DNA process-related impurities that have been found, 
but there are frame shifted proteins, as you mentioned, or little peptides that are coming off with either fragments, partially red uh, code in these fragments. They're all expressed on cell surfaces. They're all identified as non-human, and then the body makes an attack. So we are seeing now autoimmune syndromes that arise years after the shots, probably because of these frame-shifted peptides being expressed on cell surfaces. Genetic toxicity. He's right. We're going to be dealing with these problems for generations to come. I don't, I don't think he wants to say for that. I think time to come is a little bit more appropriate because when you say generations to come, well, then that means that your kids and their kids and their kids are all going to be affected by the decision that you made. So let's just say that there's some this is going to cause some, some problems over time. The genetic material in the body is affected. Genetic toxicity. And that's why problems are beginning to express themselves years later because it's a genetic thing. You, people's genetics are slowly unraveling. And that's why over the next couple of years, we're going to begin to see even more problems show up. Right now, it's myocarditis, pericarditis, strokes, blood clots, you know, inst instant death, things like this, it's going to be even more anomalous things over the next couple of years because it's an unraveling. Turbo cancers, 20-something, 30-something-year-olds just dropping dead because it's, it's, it's destruction on a genetic and cellular level that's taking place. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, Brett Weinstein confirms depopulation agenda. They have no use for us. Quote, whatever is driving doesn't care that it's going to kill people who have long lives of, of, of potentially important contributions to make. This, this comes from Vigilant News. They put this up February 14th. It says, while the entire world turned into the Super Bowl Sunday evening, evolutionary biologist and Dark Horse podcast host Brett Weinstein and Alex Jones filmed a two-hour discussion on the fate of humanity. Alex Jones highlighted what he saw as the core problems, mentioning issues like open borders, currency devaluation, and the general destabilization of society. Jones commented saying that, quote, they, the powers that be, can't ever actually build anything. So they're just sitting there looking, look at what a great artist I am, smashing things. And then society looks like a Jackson Pollock. But how are they going to paint a Rembrandt? Quote, they're not, replied Weinstein. Quote, what they have re what they have to recognize is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly with what they did to the people during COVID. And he's right. He's right. That's why we have to have a, a, a usefulness for us. The following is a short list of destructive COVID policies that seem like they were intended to kill and cause harm rather than save lives. It says early treatment was smeared and suppressed. Doctors faced severe punishment for prescribing hydrochloroquine and ivermectin. Hospitals pushed remdesivir and ventilators on COVID patients. Two regimens that were not just highly lucrative, but also highly detrimental to patient outcomes. There was never any argument that made any sense for delivering those shots to healthy young people. Number four says shots quickly extended to pregnant women, young children, and babies. The last people you would want to inject without knowing the long-term consequences. Number five says, once we discovered the shots did not control disease, the argument for just injecting young people went away and authorities continued pushing it anyway. Number six, the media and authorities cared so much about, quote, saving lives during COVID, but now that COVID is behind us and excess deaths remain high, 
No one in authority cares to investigate what's actually causing it. Seven, to this day, Harvard apparently just reinitiated their policy of requiring those shots for their own students. After reflecting on the big picture, Weinstein remarked that, quote, whatever is driving doesn't care that it's going to kill people who have long lives and potentially important contributions to make. And that clip that you've heard me play for two segments now is buffer music is what I took from this starting of the interview because it is powerful. Brett Weinstein goes over depopulation, society, collapse, and more. Let's listen. Maybe. that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is, it is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way, we are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity, we, can't catch can, up. we cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially. And what you're detecting as the, the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely that many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots, it's the result of the mRNA platform itself. That anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed. I spent a long time early in 2020 as a recently or semi-retired research scientist looking at what was going on, things like PCR tests, the absurdity of lockdown, great worries about the, the so-called vaccines barreling towards us. But rest assured, the so-called COVID-19 pandemic, um, I think the evidence is very strong from independent researchers, so this is not me saying it, I'm looking at their work, 
that there never was a viral pandemic of a novel pathogen and that the uh, deaths that we saw, I'm afraid, were medical malpractice at best and, and murder at worst. Uh, so that basically we were lied to from the beginning. Um, I don't believe there's been a novel cause of illness and death, significant illness and death, other than our government's responses to the fake pandemic. Now, I know that's quite shocking. It's, it's quite uh, uncommon for uh, kind of full-on research scientists like me to say things like that because they sound like conspiracy theory. But I'm telling you, I've be, I have been nothing all my career except um, saying things as I see them. So I don't sugarcoat things because they're unpopular. And I won't bore you with it, and, but people can go and look up a researcher called Dennis Rancourt, R-A-N-C-O-U-R-T, R-T. He had a recent interview with um, uh, on germ warfare, a very popular podcast. And at the end of it, if you've listened carefully, you will be in no doubt that you'll be where I am now. Um, and why shouldn't it be a lie? They lied to us about absolutely everything. They lied to us about the magnitude of the public health emergency, which never existed. They lied to us about the necessity of having measures like lockdowns, mass testing, social distancing, masks, and it goes on and on. Every single one of those was known to be ineffective in interrupting transmission of some viral respiratory illness. It's been tested and they don't work. So now I've told you they've lied about the public health emergency. They've lied about the necessity and usefulness of the measures. And I'm afraid, back to my absolute wheelhouse, they lied to you about the design, research and development, and use, approval and use of the so-called vaccines. So, so that, that's the backdrop. And I didn't get there in one leap, uh, but I started you know, my journey. I think by the, when Boris Johnson said, I, must, I have to tell you, you must stay at home, that was the moment I knew we'd lost the country. And then noticing lots of other countries were doing the same. I thought, my God, we're in danger of losing the free world. And I resigned myself to this is what we must face. And the outcome doesn't matter for me. I'm absolutely serious. If I perish attempting to avert this, it will be fine. It's about my children and grandchildren. I honestly love the fact that we have people like Dr. Michael Yidon as well as people like Dr. Brett Weinstein coming out. I'm fired up over the fact that we have scientists that are that are beginning to make that type of commitment and switch. That that are not only advocating for the uh, 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 just no longer using any of the shots, the abolition and the abandonment of the shots, but are saying this is a serious issue. We're not just losing our health here, we're losing our way of life. The very the, the, the whole of Western society is at stake with just 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 the vaccines just consent informed consent i am absolutely ecstatic whenever i hear you know people like again dr michael yudon and dr brett weinstein as well as dr peter mccullough come out and say this type of stuff because it's important this isn't just your average armchair research conspiracy theorist or somebody sitting over there on their phone who's just looking up information these are highly skilled and highly informed and highly trained individuals who are analyzing the information extrapolating that data and then looking at it in a wider scale and saying, what does this mean? Not just for the medical industry, but for society as a whole, people don't trust medicine anymore. People don't trust science. People don't trust their governments. People don't trust media. People don't trust anything. And there's a small core people that did this, that inflicted this level of generational trauma among the, the, the collective psyche. 
And so, yes, I get excited when scientists, doctors, and others step up because we need more of it. You don't need you don't need more of me's. You need more more of these technicians, more of these philosophers, more of these humanists, more of these politicians, more of these scientists, more of these types stepping up. Good stuff. Pharmaceutical companies are now abandoning mRNA vaccines, leaving governments holding the white elephant. That's more or less just the headline because people are not trusting things. They're not trusting their doctors. They're not blindly just injecting dangerous chemicals inside of their body. Of course, companies are trying to figure out other ways to push vaccines. It's mostly just the headlines. Moving forward, the CDC had calls for a return of mask mandates for toddlers despite brain damage risks. So we know that the that, that masking toddlers causes brain damage, yet the CDC is going ahead with it. We know that whenever these kids wear these masks for prolonged periods of time, or whenever they see adults or authority figures wearing masks for prolonged periods of time, they develop speech impairments or speech impediments. They're not able to look at the mouth and the lips, form certain words, and so they they just kind of fill it in. Truly despicable because it's not just there. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Generational trauma, right here. Generational trauma. The same way that people that because we used to make a joke about it, right? Your safety blanket, your mask. The same way people have imagined kids have imaginary friends and blankies and stuff, bunnies and toys and things that they take into the real world to make them feel safe. That's all the mask was. And it didn't do anything, but it was an imaginary sense of protection offered to you by this tyrannical government, this technocratic government. You can save yourself if you put a mask and a vaccine on, if you put a mask on. And if you take a vaccine that's totally safe and effective, totally safe and effective. The CDC has warned that the CDC's own scientists that the CDC warns the CDC's own scientists that their findings on masks, quote, is not scientifically correct. So who's 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 right and who's at fault here? The CDC is warning the CDC that the scientists are wrong. So who's right, the CDC or the CDC that's wrong? You get what's going on here. Don't wear the masks. Don't wear the masks. But the fact that we even live in this Orwellian, double-speak, 1984 inverted logic world where we could have an article headline like this that shows you that there are still going to be people who wear the mask even though it's not scientifically correct because somebody else told them to. And again, that's the, the proof and the point, again, of a dictatorial society. People who don't think for themselves, the deliberate dumbing down of America, people who refuse to research, peer pressure, and so much more. Absolutely despicable. Fully jabbed Coyotes lineman Tony Hudson dies at 49. Doctors are baffled. I don't think there's a clip with this one. Nope. It says that the fully vaccinated former Dallas Cowboy lineman Tony Hudson has died at the age of 49, leaving doctors and family baffled. 
The otherwise healthy 6'3", 315-pound guard played 20 games through his six years with the NFL, which also included a short time at the Washington Redskins. According to the reports, the cause of the death has not been determined. Conservativeinstitute.org reports that after four seasons with Dallas, he joined the Washington Redskins in 2000, where he played three games. He was signed by the Oakland Raiders in 2001, but released after the season started over a tricep injury. Hudson played attack, played offensive tackle at MacArthur High School in Texas and later played college football at Kilgore College at Northeastern Oklahoma State University, where he was recognized as an All-American. A former Cowboys teammate paid tribute to Hudson on Facebook saying, quote, our 1996 Dallas Cowboys rookie had a special bond. Teammate Randall Godfrey wrote, quote, he made several trips to Valdosta to help with my annual football camps. I cherished every moment that he had me crying after laughing so hard. Godfrey added the quote, you caught us off guard with this one. Take your rest, my brother. Gone too soon. And you got to think about that. As we play the I'm baxed, waxed, wearing slacks. Is he dead? Your pal Austin on TikTok? I need to see if that guy's dead. Tony Hudson died. Countless others are, 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 are being killed by this shot. And their goodness, they're taking with them. Their decency, they're taking with them. Their light is leaving this world, quite literally. And it was intentionally done by a small cabal of evil people. And you got to think again about the type of people that are leaving this world. The good, decent-hearted folks. The strong, kind people. And who's going to be left here? Let's see. Global reckoning coming. Australian court rules employers who mandated the COVID jabs are liable for injuries. This is good news. This is a big W. An article by Bastard Dimitri from the People's Voice, they put this up February 14th. It says employers who mandated their staff to take COVID-19 vaccines and boosters can be held liable for injuries caused by the experimental vaccines, according to a bombshell ruling by the South Australian Employment Tribunal. The ruling means that employers can no longer claim they are protected from liability because they were complying with a lawful government directive. So what I'm going to do while we get this played, I'm going to play that clip of that, that compilation of people saying, Oh, nobody told you to take you. Nobody told you to take a shot. What are you talking about? I'm going to play this as we read that because that's a big W. Yeah. Australian court rules employers who mandated the COVID jabs are liable for the injuries. So you did tell people to take the shot. You did injure them and you have to pay. That's just it. It says that a global reckoning is coming and the governments and employers who cowardly vaccine, whose, whose cowardly vaccine mandates cause millions of deaths and injuries are going to be held accountable for their crimes against humanity. LifeSite reports that youth support worker Daniel Shepard secured a victory in his appeal against the state of South Australia, which initially denied his compensation claim for vaccine-induced pericarditis. This heart condition resulted from a mandated third dose of COVID-19 vaccine imposed by his employer, the Department of Child Protection. While the DCP acknowledged that the vaccine caused the pericarditis, they argued that it did not stem from employment, but rather from a lawful state government vaccination directive. Oh, so they're trying to pass the buck. The tribunal disagreed, emphasizing that the injury arose from both the government's vaccination mandate and the applicant's employment. According to the tribunal, employment doesn't need to be the sole or most significant cause. It only needs to be a significant contributing factor to qualify as a work injury. 
This implies that employees, employers can't evade responsibly by shifting the blame. As a consequence, Shepard is now incapacitated and unable to perform regular duties, reflecting a sadly familiar narrative in the Australian workforce subjected to stringent vaccine mandates. These mandates left many hesitant workers facing the tough choice between their health and their livelihood. Shepard had adverse adverse reactions after his first two inoculations and was hesitant to take the risk of a third dose. However, his supervisor mandated a third jab within four months of the second and as a condition of his employment. Shepard complied, but a day later began to experience severe chest pains. For two weeks, the pains got worse until eventually he became until they became unbearable. He likened it to someone kneeling on his chest. Ultimately, he was taken by ambulance to the Ashford Hospital cardiac unit where cardiologists told him that he had pericarditis related to his third COVID jab. It comes as no surprise that employers have been exposed to legal risks. State governments passed off enforcement of the mandates to managers in workplaces, threatening them with harm or threatening them with harsh financial penalties if they did not comply. This had the effect of dividing the work place into those who were willing to comply with taking an experimental drug, which has since been shown to be dangerous and ineffective, and those who were punished or fired for wanting to make their own health decisions. Yeah, so this is this is a this is a, a good thing. This is a good W. Australian court rules employers who mandated the COVID jabs are liable for injuries. You can't tell people to take a shot and then when they hurt themselves, not, not expect to be held liable. That's a big W. And that's something that we actually reported on just last week as well. There seems to be some turning, some 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 tide turning taking place in Australia, maybe because they can't hide the the data. I mean, we had uh, Liz Gunn and the New Zealand whistleblower who had the database of all the deaths that were taking place there as well. So the tide is turning. Information is coming out. You can't kill 17 million people and get away with it. But that won't stop them from trying. Health experts claim that the U.S. military has been secretly controlling Australia's health institutions and COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Huh. Would you believe that? And we felt this as well. We talked about this as well. We knew that well, they were using Australia as a testing ground. What we see taking place in Australia took place around the whole world, especially with China there and the lockdowns, everything that we saw. The, the, the tyranny coming out of Australia during COVID-19 was next level, next level. And those Aussies, they rose up. I, they rose up. This is an article by Zoe Sky from the Natural News. They put this up February 14th. It says that according to Australian scientists, doctors, and medical academics led by pharmacologist Philip Altman, the Department of the Department of Defense, quote, had a dominant role in the response to the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the subsequent de- development, manufacturing, and the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccines in an operation or in a project called, quote, Operation Warp Speed, the Pentagon manufactured the vaccines, managed distribution, owned the vials, and designed the clinical trials. The pharmaceutical companies were only allegedly there to provide, quote, window dressing. Big Pharma received billions to conduct, quote, large-scale manufacturing demonstrations that weren't valid. In fact, Pfizer defended itself in a lawsuit claiming that there was no malfeasance because the Pentagon knew these demonstrations were fraudulent. The pharmaceutical companies were also able to produce the vaccine, unable 
to produce the vaccines themselves. They tried to create the impression that they were following normal regulatory processes, even though they were bypassed completely. Australian governments and regulatory authorities participated in the deception by assuring citizens that there was trustworthy oversight to ensure safety and efficacy, even when medium-term safety was impossible to assess in such a short period. The requirement for repeated boosters also revealed that the injections were not effective for any length of time. Altman and his co-authors said that the U.S. military's involvement has been hidden from the American general public since the early 2020 and that it was never explained to the Australian people. Yikes. Yeah, you know, it, hey, Fauci knew that Trump was going to be in office and that Trump was going to face a pandemic. The Pentagon and the military industrial complex came up with Operation Warp Speed very quickly. They let Trump spearhead it because he was very, very buddy-buddy with the military at the time, remember? Only for them to set him up. He rolled out Operation Warp Speed to try to get the needle in the arm of as many, many, as many Americans as possible. And as all of this is coming out, they got that guy in office. They got that bozo in office, Joe Biden, to cover up. He's taken the fall. It was Trump that launched this on the population. He said nobody could get it done as fast as him. And he was right. He was right. Now they're talking about Operation Bubble Wrap. I'll let you guys go do a deep dive on that. But let's 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 stay on this right here. Right. The global coordinated efforts to roll out the COVID-19 vaccine. Let's let's stay on just this right here. And what that means when you have a, cons- a small consortium of people coming together to say that's how this country's going to handle their their rollout. That's how they're going to handle lockdown. COVID-19 was the introduction of this global centralized government dictating to each nation how it was going to respond. The sad part is, is this is just a, another another lie, that we, not even another lie, just another truth that we already knew. Something that they could admit. They're all working together. They're all working together. It's all one big club and we ain't in it. Let's move forward. We've got a couple more. Art- We've got one more article and video and then we'll close out this segment. Just stuff for you guys to think about. Medicaid can now cover rent, utilities and food under the Biden administration's new social health playbook. An article by Andrew Chapados from Blaze Media. They put this up February 14th. And I mean, when I read this, I, I think to myself, central bank digital currencies, the mark of the B-style system, the social credit score system. I mean, that's what COVID stands for, C-O-V-I-D, right? The certificate, uh, the certification of vaccine identification. You'll be able to have all this stuff. You'll have your rent paid for. You'll have your utilities. You'll, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, as, as, as they say. You'll be able to get access to your central bank digital currencies, your magic internet money, as long as you take the shot. This is the Biden administration's Medicaid guidelines have expanded to allow states to use part of their budget to provide rental assistance or money for utilities to recipients. The new guidelines for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services advise that states can devote more than 3% of their Medicaid spending to experimental subsidies so long as they add it to their own funding and evaluate the outcomes. The new CMS guidelines under the Biden White House have stated that any service a state chooses to include 
must simply be based on evidence that it proves to make a difference. Interesting. The Washington Post noted, most of the guidance comes out of the Biden administration's U.S. playbook to address social determinants of health, which lists housing security, food security, education access, and, quote, healthy environment as the top causes for in, uh, inequitable, unequal outcomes. So far, Arizona and Oregon are the inaugural states to start using the new guidelines and reportedly and will reportedly target homeless people, those who are at risk of losing their housing and the mentally ill. The Daily Mail reported that the rental assistance programs will come in form of one-time payments for security deposits or money to pay for rent and utilities for more than six months. Arizona will allegedly spend more than $550 million of its Medicaid funding on this experimental program. Arizona's program will also reportedly include housing vouchers, which can cover between 70 to 100% of an eligible person's rent, depending on the income. Oregon will spend a reported $1 billion on its housing assistance program. Those with behavioral issue with a long-term health condition or who are pregnant will reportedly qualify, as well as those who are at risk of becoming homeless may be eligible. All of this is pointing towards migrants. Quote, clearly nobody is saying that Medicaid is here to solve all housing and nutritional needs in the country, nor are we here to take over other agencies, said Medicaid Director Daniel Say. Quote, does Medicaid have a role in social needs? The answer is yes. It's exciting. It's groundbreaking. It is not an open check. The U.S. playbook released in November of 2023 stated that it has a, quote, commitment to advancing health equity, expanding health coverage, and improving health outcomes. The document claimed that health disparities have arisen over time due to, quote, structural inequities that often disproportionately impact, quote, historically under historically unserved individuals. The government's lengthy list of of underserved people include Blacks, Latinos, Native Americans, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders, and other pieces, colors, transgenders, and queer persons, the LGBT mafia, migrants, and more. This was in addition to people with disabilities, seniors, women, the homeless, and those who live in rural areas. However, the document also added that the category of those who, quote, live in communities with environmental justice concerns. The federal government also promoted the U.S. Interagency Council of Homelessness, which declared housing to be a right, not a privilege, and is, quote, guided by its commitment to racial equity. Whole lot going on there. Whole lot going on there. And I find myself thinking, like, as I'm reading this article, I hark back to just last week, whenever we were playing the New York migrant detention facility there and how the migrants were getting jobs and then they would come back to the facility and they would all of a sudden have a social security card and they wanted to sign up for social security and then Medicaid. And I see how that ties in with this to where, well, they're just going to get migrants free rent, free utilities and free everything. They're going to own nothing and they're going to be happy. This is that that's crazy to me though. But again, I, I look at this too, and this is this is this is everything. No one's going to go against the vaccine if the vaccine pays for your rent, your utilities, and your food. But that's how they're going to dangle it. We'll pay for everything. You just have to take the shot. You can exist in the system. You just have to kill yourself very slowly to do so. Absolutely mind-boggling. Just something I wanted to get on the record. 
while all this other stuff is going on, I just wanted to get that on record. And for the final article, or at least the final video for this segment, is a Romanian member of parliament, Christian Therese, where he's talking about the WHO pandemic treaty and how it must be rejected at all costs. We've covered this man on the show before, but it's good to have this type of stuff back on the show as they try to roll these things out again. They're not done with COVID. They're not done with scaring you into submission. I mean, just like that right there. How are they going to get you to take the next shot? And with that next shot, you'll have everything you need because they're going to bring back lockdowns and a devaluating dollar, but you're still going to need to exist. Well, if you take the shot, we'll pay for your we'll pay for your rent while you're on lockdown. You have to understand the multi-layered chess these type of people are playing and why we ultimately have to disconnect from the system. But let's go ahead and play this quick clip and then we'll close out this segment and pick it up from there. Uh, here is Christian Therese Terhes of the European Union talking about the WHO pandemic treating. People all across the world are hunger, are thirsty for freedom. They want their own officials to be accountable and to respond in front of the public. So the alternative that was presented to us with this pandemic, this was the best opportunity for some elites that are not elected by anybody, who are not accountable to anybody, to pretty much hijack day by day, month by month, year by year, more and more of our rights, more and more of our assets, because we see that happening right now in many countries. You saw what happened in Canada, for example, when the truckers protested against Trudeau, he ordered that their bank accounts be blocked. And that happened. And at that point, we did not even have, the, or they did not even have in, in Canada, the digital currency. Imagine what will happen when on your phone you will have the digital wallet, the digital currency, the digital vaccination certificate. So we saw what happened. And now just imagining your worst case scenario, what will happen if we allow the WHO to have so much power over our states, over our governments, our elected officials, and even our, over our judiciary. So the biggest threat that we are facing right now is a threat to our national sovereignty, to the supremacy of our constitutions, and implicitly, unfortunately, to our fundamental rights. Because if all of these powers that were granted through our constitutions to our national institutions or authorities will be handed over to a global institution that is not accountable to anybody, who's led by people who are not elected by us as citizens, then we are done with our rights. Because they can easily just pass a decision or whatever you want to call it to declare a pandemic once that is declared, the government can the governments can impose draconical restrictive measures, and you will not be able to challenge that. We'll be right back right after this. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. 
That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is It is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way. We are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity... We can't catch up. We cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially, and... What you're detecting as the the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots it's the result of the mrna platform itself that anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed the young generation like uh, prime minister trudeau half of this government are actually young noble leaders of the world grateful. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. And it is the climate crisis. Since our last meeting, we've made tremendous progress. And I'd like to say that most of the credit goes to our extremely efficient International Research and Development Committee. So I would like to thank each and every one of you for your hard work and dedication to our cause. In reviewing this year's progress, let me say that we have been highly effective in conditioning the people's minds to accept our solution to the world's problems. 
The energy crisis here in the United States was exceptionally successful worldwide, and we expect similar success with our upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have made great progress by causing confusion and work stoppages in all areas of the world. Financially, the dollar is being devalued even faster than we could have hoped. Politically, the public has lost total confidence in any form of government. The threat of universal war is a daily possibility. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. As a matter of fact, it's better that we do not. If we control the finances, news media, food, transportation, energy, we control everything. It is important that you, as world leaders, keep our program before your countrymen. With our World Bank and computer program operational, we now have the capacity to control the financial affairs of every human being on Earth by giving each person his own computer number. Anytime his number is used, we would know his financial situation at once. He could not buy or sell anything without his computer number. It will simplify their lifestyles tremendously. The end result will be a one-world monetary and government system that we alone will control. A new trend. Recently, they have been busting groups that are stealing large quantities of merchandise, and they say the suspects are in the country illegally. The latest theft unfolded at this Alta on February 1st. We've obtained video from inside the store that shows two men walk inside, both with distinct white patches hanging from their back pockets. Two males come in. Police say they helped steal $2,000 worth of merchandise. They were identified as Albert Terralba Jordan and Caviar Gilarte Campos, both from Venezuela, and police say both entered the U.S. illegally. They're taking advantage of, you know, coming to the United States and committing these crimes and uh, being able to disappear to some degree. West Whiteland police detective Scott Pizik has noticed a trend in recent months. He's identified at least three of these groups where the suspects cross the border illegally. Over the last few months, we've had what we call South American theft groups. The United States saw a surge of illegal crossings at the U.S. southern border, hitting record highs in December before falling a bit in January. Even though the border is nearly 2,000 miles away, police say it's having an impact here. In June, this man was caught on surveillance at Coles and Exton. Police say he stole $17,000 worth of merchandise. The Peruvian national was arrested and deported in the fall, but he's already. I bet he's already back. I bet he's already back. Homie's over here stealing $17,000 worth of clothes. He's, I bet he's coming right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of being back, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this uh, segment and edition of Fashions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Fashion, whichever one you prefer. This segment is somewhat titled Humanocracy by AI. Not really. Uh, that was just to kind of complete the whole everything. This segment, we're clearly going to be talking about what's going on uh, with the migrants, what's going on with the immigration invasion, the multicultural agenda, the mass migration uh, the no borders, no walls, no USA at all, all of that, you know, and, and again, and again, you heard me <clears throat> allude to this at the start of the show, how there probably is, if we dig deep enough into the research, evidence of a global society sharing resources and even like a global citizen. That's why you have like some blacks that look like Asians that look like Native Americans that look like white people. I'm sure there is a, 
a global culture where everybody shared the same genetics uh, in the distant past. That's not what's happening now. What's happening now is the forced integration and the forced uh, uh, merging of these of these cultures. This is the culture clash and more. So we're going to be talking about that in this segment. Uh, but first, if you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to hit the links in the description bar below, patreon.com forward slash noise. That's the best ways to get access to everything. We've got our smorgasbord edition, our building the matrix seasons one through uh, our building the matrix series, as well as seasons one through six, all available to our exclusive members. That's the best way to support this operation. Patreon.com forward slash noise. Get in there, support your boy and figure out all the other cool stuff that we're up to. Uh, moving forward with the show. Check this out, guys. Uh, an organized gang of illegal migrants have stolen millions from wealthy gated communities all around Detroit. Let's listen. Homes here in the gated community at the Country Club of Detroit in Gross Point Farms. The organized burglary teams hitting here over the last weekend. And if a home backs up to trees or woods, it becomes a target. Thieves hiding there until they see their chance. Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard first sounded the alarm in September after huge homes in Bloomfield Township were hit, then homes on private drives in Birmingham. The losses were in the millions. In our area, they are targeting jewelry, precious metals, high-end items such as purses, um, electronics, uh, currency, high-end watches. And if there's a safe that's not attached or they can either break into on scene or carry, they'll do that. Now remember, a team was arrested and charged in Bloomfield Township with a string of car break-ins and some burglaries. But tonight, sources continue to point to what the sheriff pointed to at the very start, that other organized teams out of South America have been hitting high-end homes out west and now have made their home right here. Typically in our area, it's between 5 and 9 p.m. Uh, preferred targets on a lot of these across the country are homes that are isolated. They back up to wooded areas, trails, golf courses. Here's another thing that we're not hearing or seeing in these high-end burglaries. Look, there's no video of these guys. There's video cameras everywhere, especially on these homes, but they're able to get around that somehow. There are alarm systems all over these homes, in the homes, outside of the homes. They're getting around that too. That yeah, because they're, they're casing the joint. Like these guys, you heard me talk about it at the start of the show. We've got clips in this segment, especially from like an FDI. I think it's, I don't think he's a director. I think he's, yeah, former FBI. He is a director, former FBI assistant director. He sends a, he describes what's going on with these migrants and the class that they are very well. Because, you know, when we're, these aren't, we're used to dealing with more sophisticated thieves. I'm trying to tell you, like people that do like identity theft and things like this. The people that we're importing from South America, these are smash and grab types. You were, we were surprised seeing these flash mobs coming out of nowhere, bringing in Walgreens and, and, and jewelry stores. It's because of stuff like this. We're seeing, and I'm, this might sound like elitist or messed up, but we're seeing the lowest rung level of criminals, people that'll just shoot and stab you for your watch. That's who's being let out. People from mental institutions, people from prisons and more. That's not just right wing talk. Like those are actual facts. Like Cuba letting people out of the prisons like Fidel Castro, not, not Castro. I'm getting my places mixed up. I think this is a better thing for me to say. ICE is releasing thousands of illegal immigrants, cutting detention center beds up and cutting detention center beds due to unprecedented border crossings. 
So we're literally letting people out from detention centers, letting people out from prisons, letting people out from jails, letting people out from mental institutions, and they are coming here to America. We're entering out, we're entering out prisons and we're letting them roam the streets. And so there is bound to be some type of smash and grabs. You got people stealing th thousands of dollars of clothes. You got people breaking into your house because they're casing the joint. We're about to see a whole new level of crime here in America. This is an article from Katie Davis Court from the Post Millennial. They put this up February 15th. It says that the U. It says that the ICE has drafted contingency plans to release thousands of illegal immigrants across or after Congress failed to reach an agreement on the National Security Supplementary Bill. ICE said that the department will be forced to cut the detention capacity due to the historically underfunded department's $700 million budget deficit. The supplementary bill would have given ICE $7.6 billion, but congressional Republicans declared the deal, quote, dead on arrival due to the bill's lack of security for the U.S. southern border. The bill contained more money for foreign wars than for border security, with $95 billion to secure the borders of Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Detention facilities and deportations are the highest operating cost for ICE, which is the immigration arm of the Department of Homeland Security. Information on the matter was first presented to the Washington Post by four officials with ICE and the Homeland and Homeland Security. Quote, the administration has repeatedly requested additional resources for DHS's vital mission on the southwest border, and Congress has chronically underfunded them, a Homeland Security person spokesperson said. The spokesperson explained that ICE will not be able to sustain its current operational tempo and added that, quote, without adequate funding for CBP, ICE, and USCIS, the department will have to reprogram or pool resources from other efforts. ICE said they're looking to cut about 38,000 detention center beds to 222,000, or my bad, to 22,000 to free up costs, according to the outlet. The department had spread thin and often assists Border Patrol in efforts to secure the U.S. southern border amidst the historical illegal immigration crisis. Since President Biden took office in 2021, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have invaded the U.S. 6 million. 6 million migrants coming through trying to get Social Security, trying to get Medicaid, trying to get benefits, six million. And those are the smart ones that want to take advantage of the city, not the ones that are coming in doing smash and grabs into very wealthy districts. We've already played for you guys clips on the show where you have migrants going door to door asking for handouts, for food, for money, clothes, place to stay. We play for you guys too, polit uh, politicians saying, hey, if you have extra space, let a migrant come live with you. And we haven't even seen this pop off yet, to say the least. Like this is, this really is just starting, right? And I say it because it, it was only a couple of weeks ago. Only a couple of weeks ago, we weren't talking about this type of stuff, but now you know we know we we know how they get here. We know what they do when they get here. We know how they try to disappear. We know we 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 know more and more every single week, and it's not going to slow down. Attacks against NYPD on pace to reach record-breaking levels fueled by anti-white or anti-cop rhetoric and woke policies. This is a report we had mentioned it earlier in the show during the honorable mentions. Uh, Michael Snyder had featured it in one of his pieces saying that we are beginning to see just this attacks against police departments uh, escalating 
And it's not just because we have, you know, Black Lives Matter and Antifa and stuff like this. Uh, we have foreigners. We have immigrants, illegal immigrants coming in here who <laughs> who broke the law to get into the country. Why do you think they're going to follow the law once they get into the country? This is an article by Candace Hathaway from Blaze Media. They put this up February 13th. It says assaults against New York Police Department officers have reached unprecedented levels fueled by anti-cop rhetoric and woke policies that have emboldened criminals, uh, experts told the NY, the New York Post Sunday. Within the first nine months of 2023, 4,077 police officers in New York City were attacked and injured by suspects, the news outlet reported. While stats for the fourth quarter of 2023 have not yet been released, the NYPD data shows that assaults against officers are on pace to reach a record-breaking 5,436. The number of cops injured by suspects have been based have been on an upward trend for years. In 2022, 4,724 officers were hurt, a 20% increase from 2021. Police Benevolent Association President Patrick Hendry told the police told the post that the trend has become quote a full-blown epidemic. Quote, well over 5,000 cops were attacked and injured last year, Hendry stated. The vicious attacks on police officers were we've recently seen didn't come out of nowhere. This dangerous environment has been building for years. It's not going to get better until those who attack police officers are consistently prosecuted and kept in jail. And that won't happen unless New Yorkers keep speaking up to, man to demand an end to the chaos. And so this is, a part of the, this is a part of the switch, the pole shift, so to speak, the paradigm shift. We went from because we, we we documented it over here on the show for years. I mean, we've we've got 14 seasons, so <laughs> we've got 14 seasons. We, we, we've covered a lot. We've we've come from the hyper militarization of the police, literally seeing Obama fund the hyper militarization of the police to where they're training with tanks and stuff like this to where it's over the top. To where now we're in the defund the police movement wake. We've seen that to now where we're coming back to the ebb and flow is changing again to where now we're going to see this, the, this demanding of a hyper militarized police. You see how that works. They're, 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 they're purposely lowering the defenses so that we ask for the, the, the police in tanks. So we ask for more of the SWAT teams. Uh, so they are more funded to just start taking you to black sites and doing all this crazy stuff. Like I've, I've, we've, we've seen a lot covering all this type of stuff, and that's how we know a lot of this stuff is 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 orchestrated. Even if people who are playing the parts don't know they're a part of a role, they're still a part of the system. They're part of the play, and so that's what's going to happen next. I mean, clearly, I don't want to see police officers attacked. Clearly, I don't want to see you know uh, American citizens having their rights violated. But that's what's taking place. It's all a part of an agenda. Mayor Eric Adams issues urgent warning as border crisis, border crisis engulfs New York City. An article by David Linfield from Slate News. They put this up February 15th, and I'm sure you get what it is. Let's see if there's a clip. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think so. Looks like it's mostly just uh, commentary. It says Democrat Mayor Eric Adams has just issued an urgent warning over the national border crisis as New York City has become overrun with illegal aliens. Adams stressed with a sense of urgency that New York City has now run, quote, out of room due to the flood of migrants. The mayor is warning that the escalating border crisis is engulfing not only the Big Apple, but other major cities across America. Quote, our hearts are endless, but our resources are not, Adams warned. 
court, quote, it's not like New York is saying is not saying we are not a city of migrants. We are. We have a rich history of migrants, but we can't take a global problem and it become our problem. That is unfair to New Yorkers and it's unfair to migrants. Thanks to New York City's, quote, sanctuary city policies, Adam faces a predicament as the Big Apple is bursting at the seams. Officials are struggling to find places to house all the illegals and are spending billions in taxpayer funding to, to do so. However, thanks to these, quote, sanctuary city policies, Adams is unable to hand migrants over or hand migrants who are repeat offenders over to ICE, over to ICE, meaning the city is experiencing a theft and violent crime surge. Thanks to a, quote, right to shelter rule enacted in the 1980s, Adams is also legally required to house everyone. That's insane. Sitting down with Fox 5 News, Rosanna Scotto for an interview. Let's see if we can find that interview. Instead of just like reading these things, see if we can get these guys talking about it. Um, Live stream. Let me see. New York Mayor Eric Adams. The Sanctuary Trap. It's 23 minutes long. I don't think we'll play it in its entirety. The Sanctuary Trap. Oh, we can only we can only watch it if we finish watch if, if we join. I'm not gonna join that. Oh man. Uh, anyway, it says Adam explained, however, that the challenges to the right to shelter rule are in progress in the court system, saying that quote, we stated that it wasn't meant to be for migrants and asylum seekers. Meanwhile, news buzzes around the crippling effects of migrants of the migrant crisis on the New York City area as resources are stretched thin. Gangs of migrants are roaming the streets and engaging in violent altercations with New York Police Department officers. In one instance, high school students were temporarily forced to shift to remote learning so that migrants could take shelter inside their school. These are the migrants. This is this is how loving we are. Look at this right here. Look at this. And and at this it says Mohammed from Bangladesh wants to rape a 12-year-old British girl, but is stopped and caught by citizens. These are the type of people that are coming across the border that we don't really hear about at all. And so when we're talking about, you know, pedophilia, child sex trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, it's 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 people like this. He doesn't look like a Satanist, so he's probably not into that, but he's probably into the child sex abuse aspect of it. And because he's grown up in a country and in a culture where they don't call it child sex abuse, they don't call it what we what we do, he thinks he's perfectly fine. But I want you guys to listen to. I want you guys to listen to this whole discussion, because I see videos like this week after week after week of people from different cultures coming over to Western civilization and basically being apprehended by good people, catching them. What we call over here, like pedophile hunters, right? How to catch a pedophile, those those type of people. It, it's something that we see over here. It, it seems like across the pond, they, they always end up catching foreigners who are trying to have relations with children. And these foreigners are coming to America. They're just not caught and apprehended. Let's listen. No, 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 we don't. Um, this is just, it took us a long time to get this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've traveled from Essex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've traveled from Essex no, today. How old were the girl who you were coming to meet? How, how old were the girl you was coming to meet? 
She was 12 years old, she wasn't 13. Where are you from? No, no, where are you originally from? Bangladesh. Bangladesh. How long have you been in this country? Three years. And you're already trying to rape a child. A 12-year-old is a baby by our laws. You're not allowed to do that. It's wrong. Do you know it's against the law? No, sorry, I don't know. You don't know it's against law. It is against law. Listen, yeah. quit your jibber jabber, yeah? What's going to happen? You're going to get arrested now. But from Essex, you went to London. You got a train from London. You come to here. We've been tracking you all the way. You've come to meet a child. You've booked an hotel, a bis hotel. Yeah. By the way, the police are going to be informed that you've booked an hotel. Yeah? Yeah, I have to live here, yeah. Yeah, you, what are you going to do with the little girl or are you going to no, take to the hotel? I want to live here. Why are you booking an hotel for you and a 12 year old girl? No, no, just, I want to, I, I have a hotel, uh, hotel, just live here. Listen, listen, yeah, where, where, where's, the, where's the bullet points? I'm just going to go on to, yeah, yeah. someone got them? I'm just going to go on, listen, you've booked an hotel, yeah, yeah. you've got your clothes in there with you, and you want to take her back to no, the hotel. No, just one hoodie there, nothing here. No, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm no, not no, going no. to live there, no, I don't know. You've tried to run off of Right, listen, I live in Essex, I'm 21, the child tells you she's 12 years old. If you come to London, text me before. Does your mum know that you are talking with me? She must have said no. You put good girl anyhow. We are friends, so no problem. You sent a... Yeah, go ahead and cut off the text. These, these, these type of people, they're not... Like, I think what's crazy, again, is like these are... Whenever they make the, the push for the minor attracted persons and they begin to add that onto their LGBTQ456 rainbow mafia flag, you're going to have people who are foreigners who, who attract to that. And then that's how they're going to be joining the LGBT, the rainbow mafia. They're going to be attracted to minors because, well, in their country, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's a tab. It's not a taboo thing here in Western society. It is no matter. It, it, matter of fact. Any logically logically thinking adult would know that that's wrong. You wouldn't be trying to convince yourself that having relations with a child is okay, right? But that's how sick these people are. And, and it doesn't matter if they're black, white, yellow, red, orange, green, or from Zeta Reticuli 9, bro. You're sick. You're sick in the head. But these type of sick people are going to stick together, and these are the type of people that are coming across the border. Mark my words, you're going to see more of this. The same way that the same way we we need to see more of how to catch a predator. These guys, these type of people are predators, and more. When you, uh, I don't, you just I'm not going to try to sound racist, but man, hey, look, they're promised virgins. Whenever they martyr themselves and more, they 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 tell themselves that if we rape Christian women. It's a good thing for it's our it's a good thing for our faith. You you really have to understand like the type of people that we're dealing with. Let's continue forward with the show. Uh, report: Illegal border crossings are now surging at surging at the northern border too. An article by Mac Lachance from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February fourteenth. It says that while most people are focused on the invasion currently taking place on the southern border, America's northern border is also under assault. According to recent reporting, illegal border crossers are attracted to the northern border because they know there are fewer, far fewer security staffers and border patrol agents. This story doesn't get nearly as much media attention as the southern border, but it's just as important. Town Hall reports that the illegal border crossings at the U.S.-Canada border in New York 
New Hampshire, and Vermont have escalated as migrants are taking advantage of the, quote, understaffing and other conditions, according to a report from the New York Post. Reportedly, more than 12,000 migrants were apprehended crossing the border illegally from Canada last year. The year prior, 3,578 were arrested. Much of the illegal crossings, about 70%, occurred along the 295-mile Swanton sector, which includes upstate New York, New Hampshire, and Vermont, the data show. Experts say that the migrants who make it to Mexico can afford a $350 one-way plane ticket from Mexico City or Cancun to Montreal or Toronto, are making their way to the south to cross the northern U.S. border, where they are less likely to be turned away than those who cross the southern border. It says that the U.S. border with Canada is much longer and than the border with Mexico, and the ports of entry are often understaffed as the CBC or CBP focuses on the surge in the migration at the southern border. And so uh, that's that's basically it. So now you know they're showing pictures of uh, what is this Bangladesh men coming into New York. Look at this. Since October first, twenty twenty three, Swanton Sector Border Patrol agents have apprehended more than 3,100 subjects from 55 countries. And in this photo that it's featuring, it says, uh, what is this right here? Early morning apprehension of four adult males from Bangladesh on February 1st near Moores, New York, in the in the middle of the night, and in the middle of the morning. And this next tweet comes from Zero Hedge. It says, invasion spreads to unfenced U.S. northern border amid record-breaking surge of illegal entries detected. Yep. So, we, so we're, getting, we're getting assaulted from the northern border as well. And, I mean, that makes sense. And you've got Justin Castro selling us out to China, shaking hands, borderline trying to, you know, hop onto Klaus Schwab's back. Well, that's a part of the agenda as well. But New York isn't going to stand up. New Hampshire's not going to stand up. Vermont's not going to stand up. Texas will stand up, and that's why it's having all the commotion. But the smarter ones are going to where there is less security. So, again, we're we're just being invaded. No big deal. We're just being invaded. Gangs of illegals are charging people $6,000 to smuggle them across that northern, that northern border. It's true. It says gang of illegal immigrants has been sneaking people into the U.S. illegally via the northern border since 2019, charging them roughly $6,000 per person for the endeavor. It only costs $6,000 to get through the northern border. So $6,000, so what, like you're you're flying into Montreal, then you're taking, you're flying into Canada, you're taking like a trip to Montreal, then you're maybe paying six six grand so in total, you could get here comfortably, maybe seven or eight or 10, 10K total. Just bypass like our whole government. You might as well buy a politician for 10K. And people are spending that money coming in through the northern border. We don't know how much during the, the southern border. So it is an industry. It is a business. And they're not going to stop this business. They're really not. They're going to figure out a way to legitimize it and profiteer off of it. They're not going to stop it. Why would they? They're making money having to come here. They got to try to figure out how they're going to make money getting them out of here next. Moving forward. Exclusive. Military units are not ready for a combat deployment. 
according to a recent survey of those currently serving. This is an article by J.M. Phillips from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 13th. And unfortunately, this is more confirmation of what we've been assuming. And so when I talked last week and at the start of this week about how we're inheriting very complex systems and we're promoting people who can't even graduate through basics and how dangerous that is, this is a symptom of that, right? When people took that dangerous COVID shot and it messed with their combat readiness and it, 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 and it messed with our defenses, this is, this is a symptom of that. And so as they're taking us to war, gradually saying that that's going to be the plan, we're recognizing that we're not capable, that we, we're not ready for this. We really are not ready for this. It's a fairly lengthy article. I don't think I'll read it in its entirety. I think I just kind of want to get some of the highlights here. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 everything you already know. It says last fall, the author distributed a survey to 229 service members currently serving in the U.S. military. Each individual was given an opportunity to anonymously express his or her views on various issues concerning the military, including diversity, equity and inclusion training coercion by leadership to get the COVID-19 jab and more. The Gateway Pundit spoke to one of the survey's participants who used a pseudonym, a pseudonym out of concern about reprisals. Officer Alvin Johnson, a 20-year-old combat veteran of the Army with a multiple deployments around the globe, anonymous, anonymously answered questions concerning the nation's readiness to go to war. When asked whether the United States could win a war against a near-peer threat like China, Iran, North Korea, or Russia, Officer Johnson offered a definitive, quote, no, as his answer. According to the survey, 188 of the survey's 229 participants agreed, approximately 82% expressing, expressing that the U.S. could not win a war against such a foreign adversary. For Officer Johnson, the quandary stems from the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's now rescinded 2021 military vaccine mandate. Over 8,400 service members were booted out of the service, while tens of thousands opted to get resign or retire. In October 2023, Navy Commander Rob Green warned of a, quote, massive readiness crash to unfold because of the military's enforcement of the COVID-19 shot and the subsequent personnel losses. Today, the author of, quote, defending the Constitution behind enemy lines and, other and others continue to embrace a call for a, quote, sweeping reforms and, and accountability within the armed forces, seeking accountability 231 signatories of the Declaration of Military Accountability are asking others to pledge their support. The lack of accountability has contributed to Commander Green's concern about a, quote, looming readiness crash. Officer Johnson concur, concur, concurred, pointing out that, quote, many of the people who were kicked out of the military or left on their own as a result of the COVID-19 jab, they were the war fighters. And I, and I, have, to, I have to pause right there. We, we pointed this out when it happened, and we keep trying to reiterate it, but every single person that denied the COVID shot is the equivalent of a PhD. I, and that's me just summarizing a lot of information and just generalizing stuff. But we, we reported on that. We resisted PhD-level propaganda to take the vaccine. So what I'm saying is it's the, it's, the, it's the thinkers, it's the alphas, it's the doers, it's the people that know what's going on that said, I don't want to take that shot. I'm, I'm quite all right. It's everybody else that did take those shots, the ones that didn't do the research, that, that they're generally decent people that took it, that got hurt. They for, it was like a it was like a 
purity test. It was like an ideological screening. They kicked out all of the war fighters. They kicked out the alphas. They kicked out the ones that were thinking. And now, now they don't have those top tier people running things. Let me get back into this. It says, according to him, many were the ones with actual physical experience in combat. Their skills were learned in combat, not theorized in a classroom, he explained. Quote, now we have this massive experience deficit that cannot be filled by book learning, lectures, and PowerPoint presentations. Quote, countries like Russia and China are training to fight, he said. Quote, and they are not mired by various socio-cultural issues like transgenderism and other social experiments. Sadly, he said, quote, I can't tell you the last time I had rifle training, but I can tell you the last time I had inclusivity training. That's sad right there. And I think that that might be the best place to, to pause. A massive experience deficit that cannot be filled by book learning, lectures, and PowerPoint presentations. A massive experiment experience deficit. Let me write that down. Because that's that's what I'm trying to describe. Experience deficit. When they killed all these people, when they took all the knowledgeable individuals, when they robbed this entire world of all of this light, there is now a vacuum, an empty hole that we are not experienced enough or sophisticated enough to fill. We are not skilled, trained, or capable of filling that. Book, book, book learning, lectures, PowerPoint, uh-uh. None of that. Some of this stuff you have to experience. The nuances of certain things you have to experience and you can only learn through adversity and being right at the tip of the spear. That's why it becomes hard for me to. In the years we've been together, it becomes harder and harder for me to tell people how to do exactly what I'm doing. But I need to train people. How do you train people to do the podcast, the podcastivism and the stuff that we're doing? The anomalous existence that we have. No amount of book learning presentations or lectures is going to get that across. But that's the kind of world that we now live in. We have a highly advanced, super sophisticated society that's very delicate, experiencing this deficit, this ex experiencing this experience deficit to where we're just putting in bodies saying, oh, well, they'll work. And they don't work. If anything, they cause more problems. Then this is all done by design to set the way for the AI, to set way for the humanocracy. Let the technocrats come in and say, you're right, we can't do this. But thankfully, because Elon Musk has been working on robots, we can program the robots to do this. We don't need experience. We just need bodies. You see where this is going? You see the multi-leveled stages of all of this? Dangerous. Forged and fire. Moving forward with the show. Forged in fire, Russia-China ties reach, quote, unprecedented level amid tensions with the West. A newly released report from both the Kremlin and China shed lights on the, quote, unprecedented nature of the relationship between Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese President Xi Jinping. In the face of global criticism surrounding Putin's decision to invade Ukraine in 2022, Xi stands out as one of the few world leaders who has maintained a cordial association with the Russian president. As the conflict in Ukraine approaches its two-year mark on February 24th, Western nations unified through the North Atlantic Treaty Organization have consistently opposed Russia's actions, leading to substantial sanctions. 
the United States recognizing China as a as a significant long-term global adversary faces internal divisions, particularly in the House of Representatives regarding additional foreign aid to Ukraine. The Kremlin statement reflecting a telephone conversation between Putin and Xi during the Lunar New Year celebrations emphasizes the projected the positive trajectory of the Sino-Russian comprehensive partnership and strategic cooperation in recent times. The statement underscores the exceptional nature of the friendly ties between Moscow and Beijing, describing them as being at, quote, unprecedentedly high level. The report cites the impressive achievement of bilateral trade volume, reaching a record $228 billion in 2023, surpassing the $200 billion goal set by both leaders. The robust economic collaboration not only reflects the depths of the strategic partnership between Russia and China, but also showcases their ability to navigate global challenges and sanctions together, solidifying their bond on the diplomatic and economic fronts. Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mishutin's visit to Beijing last May underscored the robust and unprecedented levels of ties between Russia and China. Uh, Mishustin, the highest ranking Russian official to visit Beijing since the Ukraine invasion, made this observation as officials from both nations signed several agreements emphasizing their commitment to trade and sports cooperation. This visit occurred against the backdrop of increasing Western pressure on Russia, with China emerging as a vital partner for Moscow amid global challenges. So it's just it's just our enemies getting together. No, no, no big deal. It's just, you know, two of our strongest adversaries getting 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 stronger together without us. They're just cutting us out of the deal. They're just setting up their own monetary system, regardless of America. They can. They, they're just identifying us as a target. Oh, it's it's no big deal. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I heard the Chiefs are doing great this year. Oh, don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about Russia and China signing several several deals, several trade agreements. Oh, don't 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 worry about Russia and China saying, you know what, we should start doing more sport sport events. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. How? Who, oh my God! What would you do if Yao Ming went to China, or went to Russia, and became Yao Stolzfiglatz, or whatever, like whatever Ming means in like Russian? And I know that sounds silly. What happens? What happens with this? Like this is a big deal. This is a social and a cultural, political and an economic big deal. You don't hear anything about it, but we get all fired up about the, we get all fired up about the Super Bowl. It is on the tip of my tongue. I almost forgot it. I just wanted to say some kind of neo-paganistic ritual that we sacrifice our energy to. It's just called the Super Bowl. We have geopolitical things taking place that are going to reshape everything and people have no idea what's going on. No idea. Final article, and then I'll play a quick video to close out this segment and episode. Millions of Americans are, quote, preparing for the apocalypse as the global food crisis reaches unprecedented levels. This is another article by Michael Steiner. The folks over there at America First report picked it up February 10th. And, I mean, I'm going to read this to you guys. And the only thing I can really say is get my Patriot Supply Storable Goods. Get storable goods, bury it in your backyard, bury it in a place where you guys go camping, 
like where you where you have like a bug out freak out location to get storable goods cut back on your diet get healthy they are not letting us have the world that we are familiar with get more get 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 medicine get water get food because food is going to be worth more than gold it's going to be worth more than money in a post collapse world like imagine this what would you like say these migrants come to your house you're not going to trade them like you're full buckets of food they'll kill you and take your food but say you don't have food say you're able to start doing some deals you can use that food to do barter that's insurance you can eat that's stuff you can trade that's money that you, that like this this system's going away anyway why don't you use it to 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 prepare for what's coming next that time in between I'll put the link for the My Patriot Supply Storable Goods in the description bar below, but just get prepared while you can. Millions of other Americans are. Like I said before, there's 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 TikTokers that are realizing Costco is now offering emergency food kits. Be one of the millions of Americans that are getting prepared. The article starts saying that hundreds of millions of people are, quote, facing chronic hunger, and in the time that it will take you to read this article, the death toll from starvation on the other side of the globe will go even higher. But since the legacy media doesn't talk about the global food crisis much, most Americans don't even realize that it is happening. Most of us are so obsessed with what Taylor Swift and other celebrities are doing. But when is the last time that you had a meeting conversation about someone or with someone about global famine? According to the UN World Food Program, quote, a food crisis of unprecedented proportions is unfolding right in front of our eyes at this moment. Conflict, economic shocks, climate extremes, and soaring fertilizer prices are combined to create a food crisis of unprecedented proportions. As many as 783 million people are facing chronic food hunger. 783 million people are suffering from chronic hunger. Let me let me pause right here because I talk about this very consistently on the show that when we locked down, when the first world locked down, we starved and choked out the the, the third world, those seven, those 783 million people, we starved them out. We choked them out. And then we said, hey, sorry you couldn't work. Sorry we shut your country down. But if you come up over here to America, we'll give you all kinds of free stuff. So they did. They listened. After starving them out for a year and threatening to starve them out for even longer, they came up here. And I'm using the word starve because they are hungry. That's why you got them breaking into houses, casing joints out, doing smash and grabs in stores, stealing thousands of dollars worth of clothes because they're hungry. They're trying to survive. When we locked down, we killed them. Now they're coming for what we have. These people are not just missing a meal or two. Those that are considered to be, quote, dealing with chronic hunger are hungry all the time. If you took the entire population of the United States and doubled it, you still wouldn't have 783 million people. In some areas of the world, widespread starvation is already happening. For example, take just look at what's taking place in Sudan. The UN Food Agency said Friday that it received reports of people dying from starvation in Sudan, where raging fighting between rival generals is hampering, is hampering the distribution of aid and food supplies to those that are most hungry. I wish I could tell you that things will get better, but that just isn't true. Global hunger has been steadily rising for nearly a decade, and now global food supplies are really starting to get tight. For example, it was being reported that the global rice shortage is about to get even worse. 
global rice shortages are set to worsen as India's exports of premium varieties in, encounter fresh hurdles due to a surge in freight costs amid the Israel-Gaza war and domestic shortages hitting hit shipments of other types of rice. Exports of premium Indian basmati rice last month were half of what they were a year ago, with traders blaming freight rates that have doubling that have doubled following a series of attacks on commercial ships by Iran-backed Houthi militants. We talked about this. Not about the rice, not about the rice, but about attacks in the Red Sea and how these small groups using non-cost-effective means can basically destroy this empire. And that's it right there. You not getting your Houthis attacking a ship means you don't get rice, which means you starve. And there's, I'm sure, much greater second and third order effects, but you guys get where I'm going with this. If they're saying that we're already seeing half of the exports coming out and we haven't even seen war stuff pop off yet, they're trying to, you, you, you can tell how they're trying to em, engineer a famine. Let me continue. Says, says global supplies of cocoa are getting very tight too. In fact, the price of cocoa has recently hit its highest level in 46 years. Cocoa, <clears throat> excuse me, cocoa prices climbed to a 46 year high this week in New York as concerns mount that seasonal har- harmattan winds across West Africa could dry cocoa fields and reduce yields for the Ivory Coast's mid crop in April. This would pressure global cocoa pro- product- production even further. Uh, Bloomberg reports that the most active cocoa futures jumped as much as 2.2% to 4,961 per ton in New York. Prices are up 126 since September 22nd or September 2022, threatening to raise costs for the world's top chocolate makers, such as the Hershey's company. We could potentially not even have chocolate. As if you like chocolate, you can still find it priced very low at many dollar stores. So if you hoard your favorite chocolate bars, now is the time to do so. Meat is going to become even more expensive during the months ahead, too. The bird flu is wiping out millions of chickens and turkeys, and the size of the U.S. cattle herd has fallen to the lowest level since 1951. Since the U.S. cattle herd shrank to the lowest level in more than seven decades, as ranchers continue to send their cows to slaughter, threatening to keep beef prices at stubbornly high levels for consumers for at least another couple of years, while eroding profits for meat processors. There were... 87.2 million cattle as of January 1st, down about 2% from a year ago and less than anticipated by analysts surveyed by Bloomberg. The U.S. Department of Agriculture said Wednesday in its biannual cattle inventory report. That's the smallest animal count since 1951, according to USDA data. So what is the problem? After all, all Americans were eating very well in 1951. In 1951, there were 150 million people living in the country. Today, the population has reached 330. 1 million. So there is less than half as much beef to go around per person. Of course, this is precisely what the global elite want. In fact, the head of the WHO is publicly telling us that we need to eat less meat in order to fight, quote, climate change. Are you ready for a diet that is filled with lots of soy and lots of insects? You need to get prepared. They want you to eat the bugs. And they are importing people who are who are hungry who are desperate, who are going to do things that you don't even think about, who will kill you for a slice of bread, who will kill you for a place to live, who are coming from crazy, crazy places because they are also, they're also trying to survive. They're also surrounded by other people in desperate situations. 
They are importing people who are not compatible with the first world way of living and things. And they're, and they're coming here and we're seeing that smash of cultures, that clash of cultures. And it's not good. It's not good at all. So you need to get prepared while you can, because there will come a time when we can't prepare, when there won't be food coming and those people will be roaming and they will see who has the lights on, who still has food, who still has it good. You're already seeing how in wealthy neighborhoods, they're running up to houses that have like carports and roundabouts and fountains and pools in the back. You don't think they'll run up on you wherever you're at? And for my final article, or at least the final video that we'll be playing for you guys for this segment and for the show, here's Chris Swecker, former FBI assistant director, saying that violent gangs are getting set up here in America. He issues a, a dangerous warning saying that a lot of people from South America and just and, 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 and listen to how he explains that the, the class and the types of criminals that we're dealing with and the types that they are releasing out on the street. We're going to go ahead and play this clip for you guys, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up after this. Uh, but here is former FBI assistant director Chris Swecker. The New York Post reports agents arrested 41 members of Venezuela's most violent gang in the last fiscal year alone. Law enforcement officials say they may be joining forces with the notorious MS-13 gang. Chris Swecker is a former FBI assistant director. He set up the first international task force to fight MS-13. But if you take MS-13 and you add it to this train de Aragua, I hope I'm saying that correctly, although I don't think they deserve my respect in terms of pronunciation. But we need to know what could possibly be coming here. And Venezuelans, they basically got the free pass to come into America from the Biden administration. Yeah, we're, we're in big trouble here. I mean, the, these are two of the most dangerous gangs on the planet. They are prison spawn gangs. They, they come out of the muck and the slime of these South American prisons, which are their stronghold. They are on the lowest rung of the evolutionary ladder when it comes to organized crime. That means they're all strictly street crime, which is dangerous. They bring with them just mindless knuckle-dragging violence. They kill with knives and machetes. MS-13 is well-established. They're gonna be the more dominant of the two gangs. They've been here for quite a while. And as you say, Dana, we knocked them down in, in the late 2000s with, a, with a, just an international effort. But now they're coming back in and they're reestablishing themselves. And that bodes ill for law enforcement across the country. We're gonna be living with this crime wave for decades. And I believe that Venezuela is emptying their prisons deliberately and sending these people up here, just like Castro did in the 80s. The Venezuelans encounter at the southern border totaling 144,000. That doesn't mean they're all gang members. Of course not. But right. we know in the United States that MS-13 has 10,000 gang members already here. What is their main issue? Do they Are they selling drugs? I know they terrorize people with violence. Right. They, they are, you know, they're not like La Cosa Nostra where they do more sophisticated crime like bid rigging or, or labor racketeering or the Russians that do ransomware and, and that type of crime. These are strictly, they're, they're relegated to the streets. So they're stealing cell phones, organized retail theft, robberies, prostitution, low level street crime, but they will kill you over nothing. Okay. So and let me ask you, Chris, and this is, and this is speculation. So let me be clear about that. But we had those police officers in Times Square 
breaking up what they thought was possibly a pickpocketing situation. They were Venezuelan migrants. These are the ones who escaped without having to pay bail and maybe got apprehended again. There's only one who, and that, you remember the one who flipped everybody the double right. bird on his way out of court. Could that possibly be a part of this, as you say, low-level crime? Highly likely. One of their techniques is they use juveniles. They like to use juveniles. One of those assailants, one of the main assailants was 15 years old. I can tell you, if they aren't card-carrying gang members, they are under the influence of card-carrying gang members. And, and again, it, what they bring with them is a crime wave, essentially. And we saw that happen in Miami in the 80s after Marielle Boatlift. This will stay with us for quite a while, and law enforcement better better mount up and get on top of this because these are these are very dangerous street criminals that makes mm. us all vulnerable. They haven't evolved uh, on the scale to the point where they're doing more sophisticated crime. And again, they go back. You go back to if you Google uh, MS-13 and machetes, you'll see how they kill people. Yeah, many homicides across the country by MS-13, and that's their trademark. Chris Wecker, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I'll, I'll let you guys take from that what you will, but this is, this is our future. This is our, our destabilized future. Uh, this is what's happening in this temporal time frame. This is what we have to navigate. This is how we get our progeny into the future. Roaming gangs of people with machetes trying to take whatever you have. Like, like, like we don't have, we don't have driverless vehicles. We don't have smartphones. We don't have technology and wireless internet. no, we still have to fight off people with machetes who were coming to come take your stuff like this is the third world. But again, this is what we're dealing with in this time frame. In the next five to 10 years, everything that we see taking place is just going to be so wild. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, as 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 we're dealing with roaming gangs of migrants with machetes. What what kind of America are we fighting for? We have all these people coming over here. They see America as a cash cow, something that they can steal and rob from and, and get by. What are we fighting for? What kind of principles, what type of society are we going to push for? This is why you hear me saying we need a pro-human, renaissance-based, divinity-inspired future. As, as easy as it would be for us to hate people for where they are in their current circumstances, we've got to look at the human spirit inside of them and, and, and raise them up. Even, even if people from the third world are coming here to the first world, we can't allow ourselves to be brought down. We have to raise them up. And, and, and that doesn't mean turning the other cheek and trying to be the better person. That means demanding accountability, saying that if you're going to be here and you're going to do stuff, you need to act a certain way. How's the saying go? When in Rome, do as the Romans do. We have a very, very kinetic and chaotic future ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to be right there trying to figure out how to navigate it and, and how to make it make sense because it is getting wild out there. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know a very information packed episode. And as you kind of heard me kind of tease throughout this transmission, there will be subsequent forms of content explaining not only my deep dives, but other, you know, parallel and, adjacent research that I'm up to. Uh, I keep worrying about trying to make it perfect, but honestly, we don't have time for that. Honestly, we just have to start getting stuff out and we will improve over the iterations. That's how it's going to work. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members crew, out. Thank you.